Hey guys, it's a it's American nerds here. I'm Vic on, on, the, other the, <laughs> on the other side of the on the other side of the on the other side of the screen is is Raul and on yeah happy May the Fourth to everybody and uh, I'm Raul. We, we, yeah, yeah, that's and we, we have somebody we, in the room, in the in the booth in the we, Zoom we got a, today. We got another. Uh, we got another person, uh, uh, a regular on the show at this point, which actually yes. it's pretty weird, right? Yeah, it's pretty weird. Yes. No, uh, I Josh Meehan. I, I think it just I'm, makes us more of a show. Yeah, Josh <laughs> Meehan nice. from the <laughs> from the Media Music Podcast. How are you, buddy? May, How you I'm doing, great. Josh? May the fourth be with you as well, um, and also with you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I am also American. I am also a nerd. I think this this works pretty symbiotically <laughs> like cosa nostra this thing we got <laughs> yeah. this thing we got here <laughs> yeah sure. it works uh, yeah but um it's man, been a while it's been a, it's been yeah, a couple yeah. couple months since we had you uh had you on the show but i know yeah. you've been you know pretty busy with your senior project which by the way congratulations on yeah it was dude, really a, really fun that, to work that looked on. like that looked like such a fucking hassle and such a mission to accomplish <laughs> how the fuck was <laughs> yeah. that like yeah it took a lot of my soul i added a, a bunch of a bunch of poundage on there um and i'm i'm now like it's a it's a relief to be to be done with it um a lot of people watched which i didn't expect and so that's that's a, always a good thing um but yeah now i'm just getting back into the grind of actually taking care of myself <laughs> that's a yeah, good no. thing it's always really good to <laughs> yeah to keep up with your own health you know yeah yeah physical and mental you know <laughs> literally yeah, yeah. It it I will say it is a you know pretty difficult especially given like our f- final semester and yeah. the amount of war work that we usually get, but you know in your case Josh you had a lot <laughs> yeah I, like you would tell me about it but like obviously it was nothing compared to you know actually being there and doing it yeah yeah and I applaud you for for the hard work Thank that you, you. did because it came out really it. well yeah my um my director was pretty much just like like he was. He wasn't really sure what I was going for at the beginning of the process, and then he would check in with me, and then like later on, he was just like, "Wait a second, you're, you're doing like a lot," and I was like, <laughs> "Yeah," and he was like, "Might be even too much," and he's like, "It's not a bad thing, but <laughs> it's just a lot," and I was like, "It but. is," but I mean, it's it's something I can show people forever now, like if they ever curious what I do, like there's a link now That's i mean yeah. like I, I, like i'm pretty sure you thought like uh, you, like the same thing happens to you where you feel like uh, the work you're doing now isn't like fulfilling or you don't feel like uh you don't feel like it's important but like especially like you know as years go by i feel like the work that i've done before especially you know in my first days of being like a filmmaker i feel like I, at the time i hate it i still kind of hate it now but like you look back and it's like all right there, there, there's growth here you know you're, yeah. you're building up some kind of a resume I think you know you always have to be humble about your work, no always. matter you know like n- no matter how you feel about it. At the end, be of the confident day. though. Always be confident about yeah. it. Yeah, you because know, because yeah. uh, obviously nobody starts off strong yeah. at the beginning, or very few people do at least. And you know yeah. you look back in the work that you've made, and you always have to be you always have to remember that there's always room for improvement, and that's never a bad thing. It's, yeah, always it's always a good like thing. See yeah. your own shit, you know, especially yeah. if there's that much growth. <laughs> like, looking I, at, uh, sorry, looking at oh, yeah. um, my, what I sent in to get into Frost, I'm like, why did they let me in? It's <laughs> 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 like, oh my God. Man, I, I, I will give you a, a quick little funny story that's a little, uh, you know, a bit of a tangent to that with Frost before we get into the news. But um, one of the pieces that I did i i knew very little of classical music when i actually started getting into you know singing and and being a musician 
I like time. Hans Zimmer. <laughs> no, no. I mean, that's yeah, cool, I know, too. I John Williams. Yeah, but I remember... I, I remember. <laughs> yeah. I remember one of my... <laughs> one of my audition uh, videos that I set up because I had no idea of it at the time, but I heard Frost was a great school, and I was like, I'll, I, I should just, you know, set up audition videos and see how how this how this looks and see what i can improve upon with it but back then i didn't know a thing about like beethoven or mozart or schubert and all that so my idea of classical music was oh let me just sing my way from frank sinatra and you know keep that as a tape <laughs> my way is a recurring song in your life yes but it's you know it it, it wasn't for the right um that that was not a right use of it i i'd, I'd say in retrospect yeah, but I I learned from it. I knew I I knew that's so I knew that's definitely not classical music. Yeah, at least what <laughs> I thought you. of classical music at the time. To you, no, no, it's it's <laughs> it's literally it's definitely not. But you know, I I learned, I lived and I learned, and yeah, you know, I sang actual classical stuff. I sang German, which fucking wow. sucks in retrospect. <laughs> Why don't you throw down a beat for us? Uh, Josh throws down the beat. beat? Uh, uh, Josh throws down the beat, and Raúl starts a uh, starts uh, doing a little acapella. Why not? I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't think my I don't know if that's how it works. I'll get my accordion. We'll do some German polka music. I've always well, wanted to do polka. Regar- regardless, you know, regardless of uh, the troubles of being uh, an artist and making it in the entertainment industry, uh, uh, we got some news to talk about. Yeah, thankfully, kind of a lighter docket than usual. Oh, thank God. Yeah, because uh, not a lot has happened in in the last week or so. I mean, there's two big things that happened technically yesterday, mm-hmm. but aside from that. It's been okay. First yeah. one, though, right here on the docket, Marvel put out a welcome back to the theaters promo or like a promo <laughs> basically celebrating that movie theaters are back technically and that COVID-19 is completely dead. Yeah, you yeah. can really tell they were trying to nudge people back. Like, <laughs> Yeah, because like, hey, hey. how are they going to make a lot of their money? Um, and in that video, they showed off some new footage from Black Widow, Eternals, and some new titles for some of the upcoming sequels. Yeah. Uh, for Captain Marvel and Black Panther. Black Panther 2, which is coming out July 8th, 2022, is now called Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Uh, 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 apparently the story is, according to Lupita Nyong'o, is uh, very respectful of like Chadwick Boseman's legacy. And, you know, uh, from from the sounds of it, I mean, yes, obviously it, it it's very much a Black Panther 2. It's very much a sequel to the film, but... I don't know about y'all. I, it's a, it's a great title. I like the title, but it kind of feels like a spin-off type of thing. I yeah. Given the circumstances, the I'm not a fan of the title, and specifically because of that, I feel like it yeah. it, it feels like just like a like like a Disney Plus special, Wakanda Forever, you know, an animated special, you know, or like something like that. I don't know. I I, I feel like that's not. I I feel like it's you know. I I I guess like I can see the point behind it. You know. You know, unifying. You know, uh, Wakanda. That's always kind of been like what a. Like the Black Panther, like the Black Panther movies, has always been kind of like you know unifying uh, cultures and stuff like that. Which hey, you know that that's I guess I, I guess I see your point there. But like you know, Wakanda Forever, like in and of itself, sounds like a really like corny title to me. You know, Pokemon Forever. Yeah. Okay. Wait. wait, wait repeat that. Repeat that. <laughs> Pokemon Forever. Pokemon. Forever. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. And like it just I, I don't know what like it just doesn't roll off the tongue. I guess I would have been fine with just Black Panther two. You know, yeah, I, twos. I, I, <laughs> I get that, but um, I, I, I kind of understand where they're coming from from this. Sure. It just, I, I, I'm so curious to see what they're actually going to do with dealing 
you know, in dealing with Chadwick Boseman's death in, you know, for, for, for the MCU going forward. Like, are, I'm of the opinion that I think they're eventually going to recast T'Challa and they're going to have so. a new Black Panther. But I, I, I wonder if they'll actually just go forward with another idea and have, you know, um, have Shuri take the mantle or something like that. Yeah. It's just, it's so weird because obviously, like, it, it was very sudden his death so yeah. you know i i hope they have a good idea for it and i'm sure you know with timing they do but it's just i i don't know how they could how, how they could deal with that yeah i thought i heard a rumor that shuri was gonna be like taking the reign of black panther was that, that just a rumor that's kind of been like that's kind of been like a it's been like an assumption a, for a while yeah I it's think. like since she okay. ever since she was basically introduced like even with like you know before to Ch- before um uh chadwick boseman dying uh that's always been kind of the idea that she might eventually take up a, that role it's a <laughs> thing from the comics as well because okay. wasn't you know, she's been comics, able she, like take, a, she took the mantle like I think while well, he was recuperating from some crossover, wasn't there in the comics like some kind of like a Council of Black Panther situation where like a lot of people took up the mantle? Ah, uh, oh my god! Because I, I feel like I've read something about that for like you know, I, like, I, if, I, if not I, just Shuri, I, maybe like multiple people, you know, Mubaku or you know. I know what you're saying, yeah, mantle, I, yeah. But for some reason, I, but for some reason, I'm not thinking of a Black Panther storyline. I'm thinking of like Battle for the Cowl when Bruce died. And it was basically like all the Robins just fighting for the Batman cowl. <laughs> yeah, but I mean like a, yeah, but I mean like a council. Like I just know, like, I know, I don't know. Upon, you know, I, there probably is. I just don't remember one. I feel like I read something head. like that before, but you know, yeah. my thing is like yeah. I'm I'm interested in seeing like how they would go about that because like till now it's always been like a feat of strength that puts you at at the Black Panther position, like and mm-hmm. like even like when Chadwick. Uh, you know, like was even just like slightly uh, uh, not capable to do it. Like, like there was already like, you know, the next alpha male taking over and stuff. I'm just curious to see like how they that... made it a point. They made it a point in the Black Panther to introduce like the source of the power being like the plants that mm-hmm. uh, eventually Killmonger, you know, spoiler alert, he like burns mm-hmm. all the plants in Wakanda. And mm-hmm. like that way, you know, nobody can get that power of the Black Panther. And I assume there's still some out there. You know that that's like like being used. I, I assume maybe they kept some, you know, to the side. Um, and that whole like you know Killmonger versus uh, T'Challa thing, it was like they took away their powers in order to see who yeah who was more the alpha like like you know who who was more yeah. capable of being king without you know yeah. the push of steroids. You know, man, <laughs> I I look back at. Yeah, you know, I like Black Panther as a film, but I look back at Killmonger and I think like should he have stayed dead? Like I, I feel like yeah, right. I feel like we we could have we could be probably be getting a really compelling sequel had he still been alive, right? You know? It's like especially after seeing just, honestly, how well he works, of, like the character, and no, especially how well like Zemo worked, especially how well Zemo mm-hmm. worked. You know, following like Falcon the Winter Soldier. You know, well, I mean, sorry, following um, a Civil War, keeping him alive and around. Like they did a lot with this character that made him like more likable. He's like one of my favorite villains in in Marvel now. And I would have loved to see what they could have done with, you know, possibly something involving. Because I assume in the MCU, I assume T'Challa's like passed away or something. Maybe they might go that route. That's the thing. Like, I have no, I have no idea how they're gonna address it. They could probably do a. Okay, Josh, have you, are you cut off? Are you cut up on Falcon and the Winter Soldier? I am not. I'm okay. almost done with WandaVision though. Oh, not bad. Not WandaVision's bad. better. It is. It, I, <laughs> I think I've it heard. is a better show. Yeah. No, but like yeah. you know, they could they could do some thing where like people don't really know 
what happened to T'Challa, which yeah. it would feel weird too. But I I don't know. Yeah, he's King T'Challa, like right. Yeah, he's he's the king of their nation, so I don't know where exactly he would. And go. it has, and I don't know how long. Well, no, never mind. It's been a while since, uh, in in the MCU content in context, it's been a while since uh, Wakanda has been uh, around. So never mind. But uh, it'll be interesting yeah, to see how they they tackle it. I'm I'm excited, obviously, because yeah, I mean, I like Ryan Coogler. I like this uh, is Lupita. definitely uh, probably the next Marvel film that I'm most excited for. I would say. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I liked Black Panther, um, and I definitely like want to see what happens post uh, Chadwick Boseman because I'm such a fan. But yeah, in they, terms um, of yeah. They, oh no, sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say in terms of other ones, like for me, I don't know if you guys feel this way at all, but like I'm kind of weary that like I think my favorite Marvel films might might have already happened. Like I was such a fan. <laughs> I was such a fan of like Guardians One, like the Captain America, like Civil War and Winter mm-hmm. Soldier were like my favorite, and like Iron Man One, and like I'm just scared that like I don't know if they'll ever like really hit a nerve with me like they did, especially because the age I was at the time. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but like Here. this is this is probably the one I'm most excited for. And I Here, think also sound- because oh, of the bad. level of buildup, you know, leading into Endgame or what we you know what eventually would have been uh, would become Endgame. That like after you hit that peak, everything kind of feels like at least for me it, you know, WandaVision's good. We talked about Falcon and Winter Soldier last week. We think it's good, but it has its problems. But you know, like it, it, it definitely felt like it hit a peak for me. Not in the same, not in the sense that like everything afterwards is immediately bad, but in the sense that like it, I, it's hard to for it to get that same spark. It also least. kind of feels like we're in the epilogue period of the MCU. Yeah, definitely, a lot of it, definitely with some of these I, like, shows. A, a lot of it feels like they're just picking up the pieces and like kind of adding more to like what happened after the blip, you know? Because they're you know yeah. obviously the five year time time gap, like that, that five year t- uh, time skip in in uh, Endgame was really big and added like it affected the entire world in a big way. But here, look, I got the uh, I got the release dates uh, for for all the uh, all the shows. So I can sound off on these. Yeah, uh, sound off on them, and then uh, I think Black another Widow. Another one. Yeah, yeah. Got Black well. Widow, uh, July 9th, twenty twenty one. So uh-huh. Black Widow f- finally is coming out. Uh, how how many times has that that shit's been uh, pushed back? Like, like three times. Like la- I thought no, that came out more. like twice already. Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. That's coming out September third, twenty twenty one. Eternals, November fifth, twenty twenty one. We just got uh, footage of that also in looks, this video. Oh my! Yeah, let's talk about that real quick. It looks like a Chloe Zhao film. Well, and I really it, appreciate that. Are, are you only saying that because there's a woman that one on a shot. horse? Oh, oh okay. no! Oh, whoa, whoa! No, I only said that because because like they're using like actual natural sunlight now. No, they're I know. Using, like, I real know. Cinematography. I, I definitely, I definitely get that same feeling too. But I, I felt that more with um, that one on shot of. Yeah, I think I think it's Gemma Chan or or one of the other core members of the team. Just yeah. she's on a horse, and I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, it's a Chloe Zhao movie. <laughs> yeah, that's no, just her thing. Uh, <laughs> Josh, I don't know how know I don't know how much you know about uh, Eternals, but they're basically kind of aren't they supposed to be like uh like new gods kind of thing? It's new like, gods, but like less. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like they're less, like less fun. Like Richard Madden from uh uh from Game of Thrones, who played Rob Stark, he plays oh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. He, he plays like the main guy who's the kind of like the Superman of the group. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, it's like Richard Madden, Camille Najihani, Angelina Jolie, 
Uh, Brian Tyree Henry. Brian Tyree Henry. Um, uh, Kit Harrington also. He plays Kit the Black no Knight. No way. Yeah. Yes, yes. He plays the Black Knight. I'm so I'm excited really, to see that. I really Yo. hope they keep that costume for him because oh, it's dude, a fun costume. Dude, it's so cool. Um, who else? Yeah. Motherfucker. Um, the guy from uh, the kid from uh, Killing of Sacred Deer. What's I always oh Barry Cohen. Name. Barry yes. Cohen. Yeah. Yes, I'm. I'm super excited for him. Um, Eternals just looks really good. Like it, it looks really promising. We we only saw a few like shots, but like I like that they're actually going with real cinematography. <laughs> like, I'm just I'm I'm really scared. Like it, it's a that movie. I think out of all of them, I has the most pressure because like really Guardians does. before, it's about a team that nobody really knows about. Like not even like I've I've read the comics since I was a child. I only found out about the Eternals like a few years ago, and even then they weren't that interesting to me. But then also. This is technically the first Marvel movie to be helmed by an Oscar-winning director in Chloe Zhao, right after her win for Nomadland. So I feel like, I feel like the like there's even more pressure now more than ever because of the success she's had with that film. Not and only I'm, that, like, and I I really hope the film like I really hope it's her film and not a not in you know MCU stock film. Oh, you're oh you're hoping wrong. Uh, <laughs> like I, I really uh, hope I really hope she doesn't get fucked over from this. Like you know? not only that, like adding to like the pressure. This is also like the first like big like next marvel film to like really establish what happened in the universe after the blip you know after endgame like you know i want to see how much has been affected outside from earth because of uh you know thanos the, the thanos snap and then everybody coming back you know that's a big uh you know that, that, that's a big part of the show i'm really excited for that but uh yeah. Uh, um yeah. there's Yeah, Spider-Man No Way Home that that's uh-huh. dis- December 17, 2021. We, no we footage from that, that one which made me sad. I but, mean, yeah. I, I wasn't expecting anything to be honest, but I uh, wanted a I wanted a snippet of Alfred Molina. That'd be awesome. Like that. Oh, dude. Ah, oh, dude, I can't wait. Fuck. Uh Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. That's mm-hmm. March 5th, 2022, which honestly I think it's the most exciting one out of all of these um because of Sam Raimi. But uh let's see Thor Love and Thunder, uh May 6th, 2022. Uh, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, uh, July 8th, 2022. Captain Marvel 2, now renamed The Marvels. Uh, release, release date, November 11th, 2022. That's a great name. I love that. I, I like that title a lot more. I love than it. Just, I love it. It's funny because like, we talked about like, like you know, you could go either way with a title like Wakanda Forever. I feel like something like the marvels makes sense. Makes and so it, much it, sense. And, and, it, and I kind of dig it other than like just Captain Marvel 2. Because yeah. this one's not only... Like it's Brie Larson, but it's also Miss Marvel, played by Iman Vellani, who's getting her own show later this year, and then Tayona Paris, who played Monica Rambeau on on WandaVision. So, she's coming back. Yeah, yeah. she's showing up. Cool. I won't tell you how because I don't know if you've finished it, Josh. But I have. You know, she she'll show up. <laughs> Two episodes left. All right, that's Ooh, cool. God. <laughs> oh damn. <laughs> um. Yeah. No. Also, um, you you probably noticed, uh, uh, Raul, um, uh, the logo. Uh, the font for the mar like you know the Marvel part is in the font of Captain Marvel with the S at the end. Kind Miss Marvel, know, yeah, like, yeah. For, for I, Miss Marvel, I'm I'm not too there. hot on that. It makes me. It gets me like. It, I I felt the same way with, with it Loki. as I felt with the Loki logo, okay. where it's just like five different fonts on a four letter name. <laughs> I, mean, I guess really I don't know. Funny. It works. I, I think it works. Uh, it also, makes sense with the context. It's just it feels like a weird photo collage. <laughs> um, I don't know if you guys also saw the uh, the screen caps, uh, like the the on set photos of Miss Marvel of of her in costume. Uh, looks really good. I really fucking like it. It's like as accurate as it can be. You know, uh, does she have the scarf there? 
I don't know if I saw the scarf. Sometimes she has a scarf. I don't know if she had in those set photos. But I, I did see, I did, I think I did see a scarf Yeah. there. It looks nice, though. And yeah. then uh, after that, uh, Ant-Man and the, and the Wasp, Quantumanium, which releases in February 17th, 2023. Holy shit. Um, that was going to take a while. Yeah, our boy Jimmy Woo's coming back for that, so that's that's awesome. Um, but yeah. Uh, What's after that? Isn't it's Guardians three, right in May? Uh, yeah, uh, Guardians Volume three, uh, which oh fuck, I lost the. Uh, I think it's May. I think I think it is also on a Cinco de Mayo, of, of May fifth, yeah, yeah. Of, yeah. Of 2023. Guardians Volume three, May fifth, twenty twenty three. Yeah, oh, that's so. fun. Honestly, oh, Guardians yeah. on on Cinco de Mayo, that's like the best. That's, that's a perfect the best drunk lining. combination. Dude, it's great. It's great. It's I can imagine amazing. like Peter Quill just being like. Mexican. An overbearing alcoholic. Oh. Oh, okay. All right, sure. <laughs> just drinking. Mar- Does he have a margarita machine on the ship? Is, wasn't thought, that a gag? I, I feel like that's something that I I wouldn't be surprised if he did. But you yeah. know what? Look, I love. For me personally, it's funny you mentioned that. Like Guardians is one of your favorites, Josh. Because for me, my favorite MCU movies, more so than more so the second one than the first one, are like the Guardians movies. And it's mainly be- it's mainly because they're so disconnected for like aside from some bits they're so disconnected from the rest of it and the second one is literally just a hangout movie with all these weird aliens, and you know what that'd be funny too if Volume Three is just on Cinco de Mayo and they're just they're just plopped it they plop down on Mexico and they're just drinking with Thor and they're just hanging yeah, out yeah I, I, I don't know like <laughs> fat Thor yeah when, <laughs> when the first Guardians came out I wasn't in love with it like you know I like I I was kind of like. I was honestly kind of disappointed of it when it first came out, and like honestly, and like growing older, you know, that was back when I was what fifteen when when that shit came out. Growing older, and then like you know, starting to see like the movies again, you start. I appreciate it more now, but like the thing with me now, like with, with the new MCU films, like I don't. I have five that I have in constant rotation of what I consider to be the best one. It's like Iron Man, Avengers, Winter Soldier, Infinity War, and then Guardians Two. Like, dude, like those five, yeah. you know, like, that is pretty much the same for me. That's wild. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, like to me, those always have been like probably the best, the best, uh, uh, things to come out of the franchise, especially like, you know, the first Avengers and infinity war, um, like first Avengers, obviously introducing like something we've never seen before. And then infinity war, like the, everything, our Mar- MCU should have ended right there. <laughs> Infinity War. <laughs> Infinity War is the best depressing movie for that oh. saga. Oh, it's great. It's because they all yeah, just like, lose. It, yeah, <laughs> and like seeing Thanos smile on the farm at the end. It's the best. It's the best. Uh, yeah, Marvel. Yeah. Farmer Thanos. Yeah. <laughs> I will yeah. say before we uh, move on to the next topic, the video ended with a small little Fantastic Four tease. So I think That's some. Right. I That's think right. technically it. it it would be really weird for fan- the Fantastic Four movie to not show up in Phase Four of the MCU. So, yeah, you know, uh, I'm, I, I'm, I assume that's going to happen. I wouldn't be surprised if Quantum Manium directly leads into Fantastic Four. Yeah, I mean, Kang is a big. Not only is he a big Avengers villain, but he's also just a big Marvel villain in oh, general. Huge. Yeah, and he's he he has direct ties to the Fantastic Four lineage. the 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 one worry I have is like, are they are we gonna just jump into the modern day and they just show up, or is this I think like by a the retro way that logo is thing? I, I think by the way that logo is, maybe it'll be like a modern rendition. But I wouldn't be surprised if they did like a fish out of water scenario, like Captain America. Maybe they get them from the '60s and into the modern world. 
that could be a possibility as well. Maybe I don't yeah. know. Uh, you know, They're I would like with time I, a lot. So <laughs> I would like for it to look like a cheap '60s movie, though. That oh, would dude. be fun with like, like latex suits, like not latex, uh, like just like. Uh, uh like more suits almost like rubbery suits <laughs> yeah like rubbery yeah. yeah or like the ones that you could feel the felt just off the yes. screen yes. you know yeah <laughs> and you could tell like and like doom mask is like hard plastic like. yeah like man i'm excited for like I, i'm sure john watts is gonna do a good job with that film I but i was directing that that's crazy I, I no i mean shit look it must be a great paycheck for him but Pain you know really, i would really love i would love for brad bird to chest. have taken a shot in that that would have been nice yeah. Yeah. Brad Bird can do most superhero movies if we're being honest. I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he did The Incredibles, which is basically the best Fantastic, Fantastic Four, Four movie. Yeah. yeah, so good. And Incredibles yeah. Two is good. In this podcast, I defend Incredibles Two, and I'm fine. In with this that. podcast, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how can you ever, ever come close to Incredibles? It's no, just... I know. That's true. But by itself, it's a good movie. No, it's yeah. not. Masterpiece. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Uh... Speaking yeah. of good things, yeah, yeah. next thing on the docket. Oh, this is great a, things, buddy! This, this is a oh. small, this is a small little one here. But um, HBO Max is doing a Green Lantern show, and they casted one of the main Green Lanterns with Finn Whitrock from American Horror Story playing Guy Gardner. Josh, you know who Guy Gardner is? Any chance, nope. or you remember like some of this stuff? So <laughs> he's ba- <laughs> he's basically he's basically the brash, angry Irish Green Lantern. Yeah. And he's the so Tom much Hardy. fun. He's the yeah. Tom Hardy. Well, okay. He's like if Tom Hardy had no muscles, but had yeah. a lot of talk. <laughs> he's actually know? like, he's a lot like a Jason Todd character, except with like less like murdering. And more like ability as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All the rage, yeah, no, Finn, though, too. Finn Whitrock, dude. Uh, uh, are, have you ever seen American Horror Story, Josh? I have not. Um, he was, honestly, he... He he got introduced in season three, I believe. No, season four, Circus, a freak show. I mean, um, he was probably like the best thing they've ever like. Him being introduced in that show was probably one of the best like things they ever did with that with that series. Um, he was also really good in The Big Short. Ben oh, a great I saw actor. that. He's a great mm-hmm. actor. He's a, he um, and I think like for Guy Gardner, he plays intensity really well. And if like, oh, okay. yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, not gonna lie, I kind of wanted this guy for Dick Grayson for a while. But, I was like, um, can see it. Yeah, but no, hundred percent. Like he he plays intensity really well. I see like the brash, like outgoing guy Gardner uh, with this guy. This is a great choice, I think. I I also agree with that. He's yeah. Look, I've I've always loved his stuff. I actually hate his character from season from Freak Show, but he was you know, great he, though. He you know he acted really well. I just hated what was his name, Baby Doll or some shit like that. Yeah, he, was, uh, he was like some I, pretentious like dandy. stuck. Wasn't it Dandy? I think his name was Dandy. Yeah, I got like I, I hated his character, but he was yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. He he was a great actor, and he's done a lot of other really good work be- from before. I think he's I think he came up as a Broadway actor, and then Ryan Murphy found him and and put him into a bunch of his projects. He's currently. He was also in Unbroken. Yeah. Oh, I remember. I remember Unbroken. Not um, that movie. So sources say, according to this Hollywood Reporter article, that uh, his role in the in the show Ratchet, that's also by Ryan Murphy on Netflix, mm. uh, he apparently is supposed to be the lead for that second season, but you know they decided to give him priorities on Green Lantern, probably because it's gonna be a much bigger deal, <laughs> you know, compared yeah, to like Ratchet. Headlining, so. Well, he's one of the main ones alongside Alan Scott and uh, is it who's the other one? Jessica Cruz, I think. I'm trying to find the other one. Uh, and Simon Bass. The show's supposed the, to begin filming this, supposed this to be year. Green Lantern Corps. No, Green Lantern Corps is apparently the name of the movie, 
which is apparently also yeah, in development. Well, right. let's see. <laughs> they describe Guy Gardner in this. This is just a funny little line I wanted to bring up. But in this article, they describe him as a hulking mass of masculinity <laughs> and, and 1980s hyper patriotism. And yet, Guy is somehow likable. That's the quote John that they have Cena. In this thing. John Cena could have played this. <laughs> no, I, I, I can't. I can't think because John is too strong. Cena is too strong. John Cena to is like play the a caricature like version of this. He's like the caricature version of this. That's, at least that's what I imagine. I, I, I can't. Be, I can't think of that because I, when I always think of Guy Gardner, I always think of that classic moment from Justice League International where he's just talking a bunch of shit to Batman, and he's like, "Come on, hit me, hit me. Come on, fight me." And he knocks him out with one punch. Batman just knocks the shit out of him. And everybody just looks down at him and starts laughing at Guy because he's such a dumbass. You know, it should have been someone from Boston. You know, I could I could see that too. Matt Damon for Guy Gardner had yes. been younger. Yes. Be funny. Goodwill yeah. hunting uh, Matt Damon? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's it's Ben Affleck's Batman and his in his Guy Gardner at a bar. On, it's me. a recreation of that same scene from Goodwill Hunting. But they just fight That's each great. other. Yeah. And then they fight everybody, all the other patrons in the bar. That's a really I gotta, good choice. I gotta, I gotta rewatch that movie. But yeah, very good choice. I'm really happy about that. I Next thing on the uh, docket. I wonder if Ryan oh, Reynolds is it, will, will come back. No, he won't. He, <laughs> he won't. won't. Yeah, but <laughs> apparently he saw the film for the first time, like a oh. couple months ago when the Snyder Cut came out, and he's like, "Yeah, I can see why it's not good." <laughs> Taika Waititi's in that movie. Yeah, completely forgot. Mm. That was they were banking on like Flight of the Concord's success. They were that, banking on choice. an entire like franchise. They were banking on that to be like the start of Justice League. Yeah, that was a fun. That was a that was funny. <laughs> in retrospect, yeah. this one doesn't feel as funny though. With this next topic, um, <laughs> 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 you sure about that? <laughs> well, no. <laughs> uh, if I was Bobby Kotick, that I'd was be cool. This yeah. not so much. <laughs> yeah. Uh, every single, according to the Kotaku, every single Activision studio is now working on Call of Duty. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> This comes from, uh, um, the article goes as follows. Yesterday, it was published actually last Friday, but um, Activision-owned studio Toys for Bob announced that it was going to provide development support for the latest season of Call of Duty Warzone. The studio had previously worked on its own games, such as uh, last year's Crash Bandicoot 4, It's About Time, but has now <laughs> effectively, it's a great title, but has now effectively been consumed by the ever-growing monster that is Call of Duty. With that move, all nine studios directly owned by Activision are part of the Call of Duty machine in some capacity. I'll list off the other ones. Raven Literal Software. Dictatorship. Yeah, Ra- Raven Software, the people behind Marvel Ultimate Alliance and some other games, are uh, a support studio for COD since 20, have been a support studio for COD since 2010. Activision Shanghai have worked on Call of Duty Online, which I I completely forgot that was a thing. Well, that's yeah, the one dude, on mobile it's huge. phones, apparently. Dude, yeah, Call of Duty Online is one of the biggest fucking multiplayer apps in the in the in the world. So that's weird all to over. Me. <laughs> that's all over. I'm pretty sure, like in, uh, I'm pretty sure that's all over. Yeah, in, in China, that shit's huge. Oh um, yeah, I mean, like, like overseas, mobile games has a huge impact. Not only, um, uh, uh, I see industry. people all the time. At least back before, uh, back before the pandemic, I used to see people all the time, specifically like foreign foreign exchange kids, always playing Call of Duty online on on their phone. I saw that all the time in in in, uh, in school. Yeah, it's, it, it's crazy how like nope, <laughs> nobody in my circle does that. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll just continue the the list here. Demonware does server support for COD. Former Transformers development uh, developers High Moon Studios also support COD. 
Beanox has been working on COD since Black Ops 3. And obviously, Infinity Ward, Treyarch, and Sledgehammer have been developing games for the past decade. And apparently, even Blizzard works on COD yes. now. Yes. And uh, King, the people behind, the studio behind uh, Candy Crush, they've been working on, apparently they were working on their own Call of Duty mobile game that uh, apparently got scrapped. And with Blizzard, they, uh, I mean, they, they sell COD games on their store. So they, you know, they're working on it in, in a capacity, at least their according host, to this yeah, article. They- yeah, um, it you can only get um at least the newer Call of Duties from uh, Modern Warfare on on uh, on the Battle.net. Uh, I fucking hate launcher. COD. <laughs> like, uh, I like, like COD. I, COD's I used fun. To love COD's it. mindless I, fun. Yeah, but, like, but I I used to love it, but it's just it makes me so angry seeing this stuff because well, we, a couple of months ago we reported on um not Toys for Bob but another studio. The studio behind the Tony Hawk remakes just being mm-hmm. folded entirely with Blizzard to work on the Diablo 2 remake. And it just it just makes me so sad because like I, it, just from that one studio alone, just from the behemoth that is Activision Blizzard, all you can get now is just COD, WoW, technically Diablo and Overwatch, even though they're, tech, they're moving support to 2 in a little while. And not much else. Like, there's no new Tony Hawk game that's going to come out. There's no... I At least for the foreseeable future, it doesn't look like a Crash game is going to come out anytime soon. And, in, Here, like, who, who cares for an original IP, I guess? <laughs> you know? it, yeah, it's, no. it's pretty sad. I mean, the way the gaming industry has been going the last few years, it's honestly... It's honestly kind of disheartening, you know? Uh, I... <laughs> everybody wants their franchises, you know? Everybody wants their... They're big boy, uh, they're big boy games, you know. That's yeah, but like with one Sony, though, that's evident with Activision, that's evident with you know, <laughs> Epic. I mean, hey man, look, I mean, you know, if if I, I'm pretty sure they would rather make one one with big money than multiple with small money, you know, <laughs> like it's just it's it's weird because like you know, I get mean, I get the I, get, sense, the, but I, like, I yeah, get the success given Warzone and and COD as a franchise, but I would rather have some of that support be put through you know other games like you know specifically a game that i could you know sit down and enjoy without <laughs> have feeling the stress of playing cod online yeah constantly <laughs> needed to constantly feel like you're needed you need to uh catch up on uh with other people it's uh yeah no it's not yeah. uh, it's not fun some people just want to play crash I, have, I still haven't played crash 4 i just want to play some crash, people dude. just want another tony pro uh pro skater tony and that was skater. good that, that was, was really a good, good. remake <laughs> That was really good. I can't wait for Di- I can't wait for Diablo Four. Personally, that's like the the next Activision purchase that's gonna be in my future. But uh, I don't even I stop- know when Diablo Four is ever gonna come out. I it feels like COD it feels like, like it's a game ago. that's been talked about, but I don't really know if it still exists. Bro, I've been waiting yeah. for this game since like 2011. Like, <laughs> I mean, so have people with like Half Life Three, but like you know, and the and the advantage is like, yeah, there's trailers for Diablo Four out there. There's trailers for Overwatch Two out there. But I look at it, and I'm like, is this? Are you real? <laughs> like, 2022. It's this real? It's 2022. I, I think. Maybe. Let's see. Maybe, but 2023 seems very likely. I will say this in terms of video games 2021 is the year of the backlog for me because aside from a bunch of games that I think are going to be delayed until next year because of COVID because that's apparently that's where we're going to really be feeling the effects of COVID in the games industry at least in terms of development and release dates yeah but um you know with that in mind it's a perfect time for me to actually play some of these games that I've owned for years but never actually touched I've had control Mind you, I've had control inside my PS4 
the disc, the physical disc that I bought in 2018, and it's been inside my PS4 since then. <laughs> I haven't, I haven't turned on my PS4 in months. I use it, it's the only, it's the only way I could watch TV in my on my TV because I don't have a smart TV. My 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 sister makes fun of me. She calls it a dumb TV because it's an old Magnavox <laughs> thing that doesn't have any like Wi-Fi or support. Dumbass. <laughs> she's ten. She'll learn that word eventually. Uh, Man, uh, she's like, no, that's a dumb TV, and I'm like, I don't. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> yeah, no, I, yeah, no, I haven't been playing. Uh, I, I the beginning of the pandemic was my big like. My big like video game binge. I've kind of like teetered off that, you know. I mean, hey, I bet I, I bet a whole gaming PC like in the middle of yeah. it, you know. Like, I mean, shit. I I look. I applaud. I applaud people who were able to do that. And even like, you know, Josh, when you came on the show, you you played Death Stranding, and I've had Death Stranding yeah. on my shelf for a. Fu- you you played and completed Death Stranding, which is something I've never thought I could Play. do. I don't yeah, think I ever played, played, played it. In the last couple of years, I loved it. I loved it. I played and completed it in like a week or two. It was Jesus so much fun. Christ! <laughs> it was Gosh. great. Do you know what's your now, now that now that we're free? Do you know what's your next big game that you're gonna tackle? Um, I don't know. I've been thinking about it because I mean, this summer I'm definitely finally taking like a nice break from uh, stuff mm-hmm. right before I start grad school. <laughs> so yeah, I'm definitely yeah. gonna like play as much as I can. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't know. I've been thinking maybe Witcher Three finally because I've owned it forever and I've Witch never played it. That so. I, I've heard that's a sound choice. I also maybe have that Witcher one. Three. <laughs> maybe uh, maybe I'll play Oblivion one more time. You know, hmm. never played it. I've always wanted to. So you know, much. it's funny and and like I, and I played Skyrim, but I've only played like the first hour. I've never I've never gone through it. I was so. a big uh, I was a big Skyrim guy for a while, and um, yeah, and uh, well. Oblivion was like Oblivion was like that game that i would remember like very brief memories of like walking into like walking into like my cousin's room and him playing like oblivion on his old xbox or something like that like uh, you know like dude the yeah. substance is just like skyrim's great for what it is but like mm. there's so much more substance in oblivion even like if they would just remaster that instead of skyrim for the 23rd time like yeah. <laughs> I would I would easily pay a hundred dollars for remastered Oblivion like immediately. You it know, was the, so the amount of people amazing. that I've, I've heard that they they want like a Morrowind remake. I don't know if you're a player. Yeah, a lot Morrowind. of people love Morrowind too. Is that yeah, is that the that third one. one? Yeah, that's three. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 No. yeah I, I I just uh, were you a big Fallout like, guy? Oh, I'm sorry. Oh yeah. Uh, well, um, so I played four to death. Okay. Um. Because that's when I first, like, got into, like, Bethesda games and stuff. Um, so I played 4 to death. I played it to death again over uh, quarantine, like, the first, like, initial quarantine time. Um, and then after that, I ended up buying my friend's, like, gaming laptop. And I got um, I got 3 and New Vegas on it. Ooh, I played New 3. Vegas, dude. Um, I haven't I haven't had the time to finish New Vegas though. It's getting remade, but is well, it? Yeah. Well, okay, that's that, a like, rumor. That's, the, that's, that's the rumor. That's a rumor. But it's pretty likely. The two studios are together again from the <laughs> it's Xbox. Pretty likely. <laughs> oh, I will be to jump on that. I'm, wow, man, I, I I've I've heard so many good things about New Vegas, but in terms of you know Bethesda or in terms of like you know old RPGs, I I would just love to have a Kotor remake. Because I tried to start Kotor Wait, isn't recently. It that's, it, that's the rumor. That's the rumor. Apparently, <laughs> yeah. Jason Schreier from Kot- uh, not Kotaku, now Bloomberg. He he apparently uh, 
confirm that you know the, the, there were someone's working on a Kotor remake, but it's just it. <laughs> and it's it, that's good because I tried getting into you know OG Kotor the other day on Steam, and man, like some retro games I could easily sl- slip right it through, you know, and, and enjoy. But then there are some that it's just I can't I can't go through the fact of like I'm playing on an HD computer and these things look like more polygonal than like the actual polygons. It's crazy how it's crazy because like also with something like the New Vegas that's like like the substance of the game like what the game has what you can do it's so it, it's great it's amazing it, it has everything in game which you, you, you would want but it's through like a really broken engine very buggy like it like it, it like that's what ruins the experience for a lot of people with new vegas and i think a remake would like be so uh would be would be so beneficial for something like that in order like to get experience that game through a new lens that's also kind of why i want like a metal gear remake instead of metal gear solid because metal gear one and two i've never played and i think that's same exact story seeing like everything that went on between snake and big boss like i would have i would love to see that remade into in an with the new engine you yeah because you're uh, going from the nes in the 80s yeah. to like next gen consoles yeah it would be a completely like, different overhaul like i i've heard so many people ever since i finished final fantasy 7 remake everybody everyone and their mother that's a perfect example for years yeah. well i mean that's one but like everyone yeah. and their mother from that camp has cried out for years now for a final fantasy 6 remake because that's a game that came out in the snes Oof, and while that game damn. is apparently still really good <laughs> Oof, you know from that era like it still it still holds up, you know. Why not have it look yeah. nice like Final Fantasy VII remake? You know, yeah, dude. <laughs> that'd be yeah, cool. I, don't know. I think there's a lot there's a lot of games that really are held back by the technology they were they, they were it was made in, and I think a re-release would really a remake would be very uh, very good for a lot of them, especially the classics. Now that so. I'm now that I'm remembering it, I'm pretty sure that uh, Oblivion is actually on PS like the the cloud gaming uh, th- i i don't know which PS one now? it's called ps now is that probably yeah, yeah. i saw yeah. that over quarantine and i was like you know what i might just spend like a month playing this game you again. might as- <laughs> I, well, I, I, you have a mac right you don't have a gaming pc no i i have like I have like this uh razer laptop ooh okay i yeah. dude honestly just get on it's an older one get it on yeah. steam you can get like yeah. you can get it like like three bucks on Steam and you can add. No, I know, to it, I know, I know. It's ridi- it's ridiculous because yeah. everybody everybody wants Skyrim, and like even that's like eight bucks. <laughs> you know, it's crazy. Like they um, first of all, bl- um uh, uh Bethesda mo- the Bethesda modding like community is some of the best in the world. Um, they actually um fans actually made an entire mod that fixes all the glitches in New Vegas, so it makes New Vegas really? playable. So literally all wow. like the horrible fucking game breaking glitches they've had before, uh, fans made a mod for that to completely fix that. So I, if I, you ever get into New Vegas, yeah, yeah. Did you guys know about uh, Sky Oblivion? No. You ever hear about that? That one? sounds so that fucking one, familiar. Yeah. So like, I, it's been in development for like forever, and like people have played it, but it's just not completed. But it's like a giant com- oh. combination of Skyrim and Oblivion. Oh, into what? like one like, game. Interesting. Yeah. What? Into like one thing because because Oblivion just takes place 
right below Skyrim. Skyrim's like the northern province. Yeah. Oh, okay. And so Oblivion, why it's so fucking cool, is because it has every sort of climate. Like you go north, it starts snowing. You go south, it's desert. You go like there's swamps and like it's so freaking cool. And literally the depths of hell, the gates to hell are just being opened up randomly throughout the friggin' place and it's like different every time. It's just so freaking cool. Dude, no, hmm. that's but so fucking I dope. I didn't know they were doing yeah. that. That's insane. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Especially and even yeah. in Skyrim, you can go to Morrowind. Yeah, you can. You can. Uh, I, I, I think, I'm not really sure if uh, this ended up being a real thing, but I remember back then, especially when Skyrim came out, like around 2011, there was uh, a lot of like, uh, oh, you can get into you can get into Oblivion through Skyrim if you do this. Like, it's like some... It's some I, know that's, I know that's possible troll. through... I, I think they did that for that Elder Scrolls Online game that oh, came yeah. out a few yeah, years definitely. ago. That has all the worlds. Yeah. That has all the worlds. It's oh, an MMO, okay. so, you know. I, I have no yeah. idea. I'm so new to, like, most of the Elder Scrolls stuff. All I know is that, like, I, I liked what I played of Skyrim more than 10 years ago mm-hmm. for those first two hours. And, like, Bethesda games, or, like, core Bethesda games, like, that and, and the Fallout games have, like, a really awful engine because it's the same one they've been using for, like, the last 20 to 30 years. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. I think that's I, I think whenever when you know uh, when Microsoft bought uh, Zenimax and Bethesda together that that day I, I think everybody was kind of like hoping that one of the things that will come out of it would be you know games RPGs with an actual new engine instead <laughs> of the same one that they've been working on because that's because that's part of the reason why some of these games either are super buggy or just like don't work in the case of something like seventy six like Fallout seventy six yeah yeah. I That's I didn't know you were such I didn't know you were such a big fan of Elder Scrolls, Josh. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I assume you're excited for six. No, I'm very excited. I don't think it'll come out in my lifetime. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> do you have but, uh, uh, Do you have any like uh, ideas of what it could be, or I don't know how how big are you are into the lore? You know. I mean, I'm not uh, I'm not connected with any rumors or anything, mm-hmm. but in terms of what it could be, um, and it's been it's been a while since I um, played. Since yeah. I since I played and been as into it, just because I I gave up like hope that it would come out anytime soon. But mm. there, um, I know Elder Scrolls Online did elsewhere or however you pronounce it, which okay. is like that's where the the Khajiit like the cat people come from. And that's like this desert place that's never really been explored e- even in like um, even in Oblivion. So that would be cool. There's also like where the Wood Elves come from is pretty cool that like you couldn't really go to in Oblivion either. That's never been done. Or I guess the orcs. I never you couldn't Ooh. you couldn't go there either, which is cool. Hmm. Cause like each of them have such different places that they come from. It's like so and like you you only find out about it if you actually like read into lore and stuff. Yeah. But the thing is like if they did six, I don't know. Like the biggest thing for me with Skyrim, like that that sucked was that it's just one biome. Like I mean, obviously you can go to Morrowind, but like it's just snowy mountains the whole time when I just came from a game where you could play in like every single different biome with like it, like you see the different races living in like their like where they come from it was like it really so is cool. just forest and, and and snow yeah yeah, yeah. so hmm. I mean like it would really be like a disservice not to like include like a bunch of different things like at least with how Skyrim did like you can go to Morrowind and stuff was cool you know I, I I had saw you like could, you words could drive like, to uh, Los Santos in Elder Scrolls 5 <laughs> Los, Santos, could, uh, Los Santos custom you pimp out yeah. your uh, your horse like, uh, I'm, like I, I can just imagine the CG trailer being like oh it's Skyrim 2 and there's a dragon but also there's a jet plane and then Tommy Versetti's like standing there with an AK <laughs> <laughs> Elder Scrolls Vice City 
Yeah. <laughs> um, I I had a I saw like a something about like Hammerfall, a, f- a word like that floating around. What is that? Like, Hammer Hammerfall is where the red guards come from, okay. I believe, which is like their version of black people, I think. Okay. Um, and like they're the so the red guards were like, um. I forget what they, that was the first ever uh, race that I picked to play as in uh, in Oblivion, mm-hmm. like all those years ago. Okay. Um, they're just like warrior types, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, they um, they're known for being like I think they were known for being like they were never really like fully uh, uh, like they never really fully like bent the knee or whatever to like the like, Cir- yeah. Cyrodiil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and they they I think it's an island. Uh, that's, cool. that's like off the coast of, of Cyrodiil, that's cool. I think. I don't know. Are the games? If I remember are the games usually just like a entirely new narrative that doesn't connect to, or the like that loosely connects to other games, or well, do they have like more of a tie-in? Ex- it takes place like think? within centuries, no. you know. Like mm. well, uh, well, Oblivion and uh, Oblivion and Skyrim, I believe, do take place uh, pretty closely. The only thing is that they just they just took up a completely different storyline oh, okay yeah because um the story of oblivion was that um the the last line of kings was assassinated and so since their bloodline is like gone they don't have like the you know magic that like stops the gates of hell from like opening up and like trying to take over like the overworld and then like what's going on in skyrim is that there's a civil war in the north most province because now that there's new rule in Cyrodiil they no longer want to be part of Cyrodiil so they're like well we were it's like the Imperials and like the yeah we were part of the old guy he died we want to be free again Hmm. so like long live the supreme leader civil war (laughs) and like in the middle of that (laughs) and like in the middle of all that you play as like the Dova King which is the dragonborn and basically his whole thing is like he's part of like he's basically like the Targaryens kind of thing like like a, yeah. a line of like you know uh uh dragon blood uh dragon blooded people is it better than the like actual Targaryen. targaryens or <laughs> Dude, yeah no yeah 100 okay. they have the dragon shouts you know which uh, which obviously that's like I've, one I've of the most iconic that. things from yeah. skyrim uh a lot of powers and shit he so. could punch people I, yeah honestly they could do so much with uh, they could do so much with uh with another Elder Scrolls game, and to be honest, there there's so many little separate uh, side quests in Oblivion and Skyrim that could be its own spin-off game on its own. You know, it's insane how much content really they had in those games. Yeah, That's dude. so interesting insane. to hear because for me, like, I I haven't played most of the games. I, mm-hmm. I only have a fair limited amount of like this franchise that I'm comparing it to. But it, rem- it like from what you guys are describing, it kind of reminds me of Final Fantasy how some games are just completely disconnected from the other ones and then with one example i think it's i think it's with 10 10 apparently takes place in the same world that 7 takes place in but there are like very very minor characters that actually show up yeah, or it's are like, uh, connected to the storyline yeah the skyrim like the elder scrolls game is basically like you know uh it, it, like westeros one game takes place all the way in uh all the way in the north of the wall the other game takes place like you know uh in, in uh in king's landing you know it's like yeah. that kind of thing yeah, all, all take place much. in the same geography just different sections of that world you know yep yeah all this elder scrolls talk it sounds really exciting but at the same time i'm thinking of like oh i want to go back to final fantasy because 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 i i just started six or I, I just started like the first hour of six and I'm like, 
Yeah, I, I, could, I could fuck around with this for a while. One day, I'll, one day I'll get behind the remake. One day I'll, I'll get into that. But I, I really think it's a, I think yeah. it's a really strong f- game. It's, it's rough for me to say if I could recommend it to newcomers. Like technically, I'm a newcomer, but I knew the story <laughs> going saying, in. Like- <laughs> you know? that it, it's weird because I, I it's kind of like the Last Jedi. Like I, I can't really recommend it to everybody because it's kind of a divisive game, especially if you are someone who has like, this is my first Final Fantasy game ever. And then you're like, you're wondering like, what what's going on? I'm so confused. And you're, you know, next to the person who's played the game before, or just played the original, and it's like, I don't know. I'm so confused. Recap videos. <laughs> yeah, right. The yeah, uh, it's it's an inter- it was an interesting experience playing that the first time as my as my first Final Fantasy game. Well, that's interesting. I think I, I, I think we're done with the. Uh... I think we're done with the Elder Scrolls talk, right? Or yeah, we're, yeah. We're, we're just we're just done with the. Uh, with honestly, I think at this point we're just trying to get away from this Fortnite mess. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, might yeah, as well yeah. dive right into it for a quick minute here, because the trial is apparently well, we're on day two. It's crazy. Our next when's story the, when's of the our last Apple and and uh, Epic trial. When was our last update on this? I think we a few months ago. A while, yeah. There were updates. It's just I didn't bother to put them on the docket because I didn't yeah. want to like talk more about Epic. But there were some interesting details that came out from the first day up. of it. Yeah. Well, okay. First of all, uh, there's a there's an audio recording of the of the of the trial that's up on YouTube, and apparently they couldn't start the trial on time because there were people hacking the Zoom call. And yes. just like spamming and make and like trolling the <laughs> the the I I guess they were like trolling in support of Epic or something like that, and the judge didn't know how to kick them out of the call. You would really imagine funny. a company involving two of the biggest tech conglomerates to in the not world. get how technology works. Yeah, that moment. <laughs> uh, but yeah, go off. Yeah, there are some there there are some big detail details that came out of this. I, I the the I think the most significant one being that out of all the consoles and devices that Fortnite, the game itself makes money on apparently its biggest money maker is playstation and Ooh. ios doesn't even come remotely close i'm gonna I'm read the snippet from the verge article um according to court documents in a pdf uh, released of epic's trial against the iphone maker it Core documents reveal that PlayStation 4 generated 46.8% of Fortnite's total revenues from March 2018 to through July 2020, while Xbox One, the second highest platform, generated 27.5%. iOS ranked fifth with just 7% of the total revenue. The remaining 18.7% went uh, would have been split between Android, Nintendo Switch, and PCs. So for something that... So for, you know... For for those of you try, uh, who uh, forgot, they, you know, Epic basically went out to sue Apple for uh, malpractice or mal, or just like, you know, uh, fucking over people with you know prices on on the App Store, right, and in app purchases. And you realize that after all of this. It apparently doesn't even make that much money for them. It doesn't even, you know, support them that much. At least if we're just going from the game here. Which feels like, you know, like... It's weird because Epic's a big, annoying conglomerate company. And also Apple is too. I hate them both in this scenario. <laughs> but there, it, it, it feels like another reason why 
this shouldn't even have happened if they're not even if it's not even their biggest money maker you know they 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 barely makes a dent on on the profits that they make for Fortnite alone and already off the bat you know we already felt like this trial was useless it already feels useless from the very beginning of this it trial it's very again, petty all of it you know it seems very petty all of it like it's it's really weird cuz if if android phone, if ios was like you know probably the top 3 or like obviously you know if it was like their number one supported platform for fortnite i could understand a you know i could understand their argument for it or you know their their willingness to take them to court but it's not it's it's in the top 5 but then it's it's like mere potatoes compared to playstation 4 and it just again it just makes it all meaningless it doesn't make any sense for them to even be there at the moment well well, I I it, think I I think what it you know with their arguments laid out just about like the iOS store, it just didn't make any it doesn't make any sense now when you realize that they don't make that much of a profit off of it. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, and I mean, in the end of the day, in the end of the day, uh, I don't know why you're playing Fortnite, uh, <laughs> especially on of, an iPhone, <laughs> dude. I I know, I, I, know. I well. see my siblings play. <laughs> I know. Mm. I'll have you know. Oh, shit. I will have you know. Okay. No. <laughs> um, so, I was complaining to my roommate that I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do now that I have all this time to like, he's like, you need to play Fortnite with no, me. No, you don't. I was like, <laughs> I, was like I, re I really don't think I should. Like, I feel like that's a game that like, if I start playing, like, I feel like it's one of those games that's just designed to make you never stop playing. And like, it, I just hate the culture around it. It seems like so, like if I was the age of like, I don't know, 10 to 13, I feel like this would have been my whole life. And like, I don't want to, I don't want to sniff anywhere around what that used to mean for me. Mm -hmm. And anyway, he got me to download it because it's free. Like, obviously if I had to pay, I would never would have bought it. Download it. We play one game and we won the first time we played. I haven't played it since, but I just, I was just like, I was, I, I felt like such scum taking a picture of my victory royale and just be like fuck yeah first time hey. victory royale <laughs> who did you play I'm as though were you ninja or were you thanos i was whatever was the okay. i was whatever's the free one i didn't i didn't pay for his skin hey that 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 gives off the same energy as like when me and raul talk about disney all the time and how much we hate it yeah we're here we're over here being excited about disney properties yeah you know like <laughs> and, and like we're, we're spent we're gonna dedicate like an entire part of this fucking episode talking about a disney property property and like you know yeah. like the hypocrisy yep. is real but you know oh well like, yep yep but, i swore like i never would play this game and then here i am with my screenshot of my victory royale it's it, it's funny because apparently like you know it, it's such a successful game and i've only played like a handful of things but not enough to really form a solid opinion on it but just from looking at the yeah, but just from like looking at you know the cross promotion and and looking at uh, from what uh at, at the gameplay alone, there's so much money that's put into this. So like this much. is the most expensive game out there, probably they, like forever. <laughs> Fortnite completely changed the way the video game industry is being ran. How people get paid, how companies are getting paid, how people how uh, consumers are getting this this kind of uh these kind of games it's no longer just you know pay sixty dollars you got one full game it's hey pay eighty dollars and you're gonna you're gonna pay twenty more for the next two years like you know every three months like that's you know it's also like they 
have to be the best at licensing deals like in the history of oh, yeah. any like company ever. Like every single hot trend, every single Disney characters, Marvel characters, like just uh, artists, the hottest artists, like every single thing is in this game. Like I, I don't understand. It's, I remember it, how big of a and, deal it was when John Wick was a playable character in Fortnite. Yeah, and now we have cinematic trailers where not only do you get John Wick in it, but Laura Croft, The Mandalorian, Sarah Connor, yeah. a Terminator, you entire Alien, Ripley. Con- you get entire <laughs> bits of lore and context for a film before the film comes out. Oh, yeah, very right necessary, very yeah. necessary yeah. bits yeah. of fucking information, yeah. in fact. Like, how is that? It changed insane. everything. It blows my mind. The entertainment industry has completely mind. changed because of Fortnite. And like, like you know, I'm pre- I'm surprised they haven't made a Fortnite film yet. Have they announced one? Have they? No. But the thing is, I feel <laughs> like it's legally impossible. <laughs> you know, it, it's just it's so crazy that it like, would just be Ready Player One again. Yeah. No. Uh, and, and that's what this for me when I look at these skins, that's what the fucking game feels like. It just you know? feels like Ready Player One. Like, like yeah, these things are seasonal, and then like you, you after a while, you won't have access to many of these skins. But imagine being dropped. You're literally being dropped from a bus in the sky, only to shoot. You know, uh, Rivers Cuomo from Weezer, Major Laser, Diplo, Batman, but Christian Bale's Batman from The Dark Knight, Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman. Is he? I I don't remember. The Joker, you know, another Joker, Harley Quinn, like, like, and all the Marvel heroes, (laughs) and more. uh, Also, how crazy is it that. Fortnite comes out, and then all these like bros like like playing Call of Duty that like hate Fortnite, like hate every single thing about it. Then start playing this game called Warzone that is like a carbon copy, but just like more metal. I yeah, guess. it's more suited like, to Call of Duty. That's literally yeah. my exact opinion. It's insane. Yeah. <laughs> it's insane. Yeah. yeah, no, I hate it all. I hate it all. Like, and, it really... and man, I, I I have I have two like kind of addicts at least with the game and my siblings. And, you know, they spend so much fucking money on season passes and battle passes to the point where it's like if I if I just deleted their account, thousands of dollars would have gone down the drain. You know, like it's it's that bad. And and I think what do you even pay for besides skins? like apparently skins, know. extra weapons, like dance, X, XP, da- like dances. Uh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, a lot of mostly cosmetics um, and, and like, you know, like different weapon skins, different just abilities you can insane. do. But they like, they horish they whore it out in such a like in a way that works granted because it's worked out for them but it's so bad especially as a child where my sister is like can i can i get money for the battle pass and it's like you just spent one yesterday you know like i i it's it's so weird to see and it's really like i think it's like i i feel like i'm you know old man screaming at the sky with this shit but like it feels really weird and i feel like it's really bad and i think it's leaning towards like that same problem we've had the last couple years in the game industry with microtransactions and and you know basically it's creating gambling towards mechanics. that or it's been there you know like, yeah i'm yeah. pretty sure that issue's already been established and it's you know been like a fada and people have been you know I, I I think we're I think we're we're no longer in like the uh, we're no longer in the prologue of this uh, of you know th- th- this kind of situation. We're definitely in the middle of it. We're we've been living in that uh, in that world for a while, and now yeah. just like the pandemic has just you know uh, sped it. The pandemic has just made it worse with like people you know staying at home more. Like uh, Twitch being like oh obviously like a huge part of why Fortnite's so big. You know YouTube like. 
It's, and uh, and it looks like it's not going to end either. I saw other documents that leaked from, or I think they were just they had to be publicly released because it was a trial. But you know, they announced apparently they Samus. <laughs> yeah, apparently Samus is coming uh, uh, to the game. The Rock, Neymar, what? Uh, yeah, Rock? like you know, actual athletes and actors. Um, Naruto was another name that I saw in there too. Fucking Naruto's gonna be in the game. Basically everybody uh, yes, who I can't isn't wait. Peter I can't Griffin. wait to play I can't wait to play uh I can't Naruto wait to play with Fortnite. A <laughs> I can't wait to play Fortnite as guts from Berserk. Like <laughs> But he doesn't even have a sword. It's a gun that that's the weird thing. You know, that when you see it in out of context with other characters that shouldn't be, you know, any near any sort of like guns and shit like that. It's super weird. Like why does why are you playing as Batman and he has a gun? Why well, are you playing as Ryu well, from Street Fighter and he has argument, a gat? The <laughs> argument goes to the argument goes to, uh, to 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 Smash Brothers as well, you know. Like yeah, but but, but I, that's I understand the core what you mean, function though. I because yeah, it's a sure, shooter. Sure, I understand you know, what you mean. Yeah, yeah. In, in its way, it's it's a shooter. It, I mean, you're you're mining for resources and shit. But like, you Who's know, like if, a pacifist character that that like should be in Fortnite that's just shooting people. I mean, Neymar with a gun seems really weird. Like, <laughs> that sounds fucking odd, you know. Like C three PO running around with a yeah. Like, gun. I I I mean I I think Grogu Grogu shows up in one of those Fortnite oh, yeah, seasons, but Grogu's, I think he's just an accessory. He's on like the he's on like the backpack of like uh, the Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's just like chilling on the back. Like yeah, Mandalorian with a gun that makes sense. Yeah, you know that's his religion. But Spider Man, <laughs> this is the way. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and one last thing here, they um, they also, the Epic also disclosed their details as to how much money they actually give to developers for those free games that show up on uh, on their online store, which you know from the looks of it definitely doesn't look free. Like uh, apparently they spent the most money on the Batman Arkham games, upwards to at least one million five hundred dollars, five hundred thousand um, dollars. Another like. And other big titles like Subnautica and Mutant Year Zero. And apparently they spent very little on um, the free indies that they would have. Like Super Meat Boy, World of Goo, Canary. It all came to, at least from this document that came up, all the free games that show up on the Epic Game Store, they spent of upwards of about close to $12 uh, million on all those free games. Mm-hmm. Which is just insane. You know, but I, I, you know, they, I, I guess they have the money for it. That's the weird thing. There, I think Epic is a lot like the Netflix of video games right now, where they're very successful, but somewhere down the line, like I think they're, like I think they're in debt, or I think they're gonna get close to debt. Are they? And I, and I think Why it's just gonna that? keep going down. You Why would know, you say that. <laughs> I guess it's gonna go down uh, eventually. Just because of all the money they spend, something you know, something eventually is gonna overtake Fortnite. Like it's gonna happen, but it's gonna take a while, but it will happen. But like you know, I don't think uh, I don't think they're in debt. <laughs> I think they, I feel, they have too much I, money. I, I feel like they're very anything. close. <laughs> like if as the years go by, I feel like they could be really close to being in a scenario where Netflix is, you know, where they I just have know. to That's just keep spending thinking. money as they're digging their hole. <laughs> That's know? wishful thinking. We can't help for such great things. <laughs> <laughs> It's yeah. it's weird, but hey, that concludes news for this week. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, we'll, we'll hear more about this stupid trial as it how goes was your week, on. Joshy? Hopefully, it's fun. Yeah, how was your week? How was my week? Well, it was great until you made me watch this. Movie. <laughs> nice. <laughs> this movie being the Last Jedi. Which before we'll, we get, get into, into that, in be, a little bit. Be, yeah, before we get into that, is there anything else you watched? Anything you've been reading? Anything you've been into that uh, you find interesting? Have you been sleeping? 
Have you been sleeping? Sure. <laughs> I have slept. That's good. I'm not a. I've not. I'm a notorious not great sleeper. Mm-hmm. Uh, Same here. I've been doing it. I'm actually. I'm working on a song right now that I'm going to try to get recorded uh, on campus so I can work on it over the summer. Nice. I'm recording for a bunch of friends like before I leave the studios here. So It's a solo Carolina thing or a, project, uh, or a Biscayton thing? Yeah, well, my thing's solo thing mm. for friends is just their solo things and hopefully just work on that over the summer and nice. put some music out, um, which will be cool. It's always good to be, um, to be tinkering with stuff, even even if you're on break. Yeah, yeah. I I don't want to like I don't want to have a summer where I don't have any projects that I could possibly. Yeah, I'm trying work. to avoid yeah. that this summer. So, and um, watching, um, almost done with Wanda. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, I don't know why, but and this is like a week ago now. I rewatched all of Game of Thrones. Oh, how'd that how'd that the go ending with you? Still, <laughs> the ending still kills every fiber in my. I'm being. so glad that you're talking um, about Game of Thrones because you're gonna lead into what I'm talking to talk about in a little bit. But yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I yeah. Well, um, mm-hmm. I I absolutely adore the the beginning of the series. So great, isn't and it? it's the so first fantastic. those first four seasons are perfect. Oh my perfection, god, perfection, and like they really are. And even I don't really have that much of an issue with like five or six. Like I actually really like five. Same. Um, I was uh, coming mm. up to seven. It starts. It starts feeling a little too like okay. Everybody and their moms They're watching wrapping up. this, so it has to yeah. appeal to everybody. We're gonna wrap up. We're gonna make it like you know the blockbuster that it is, and like not stay super true to what it really was. And then eight was just like, what? The Bro, fuck what was is it? This? Uh, wrap it up. All right, let's go. Come on, yeah. keep going. No, let's yeah, go. I true. remember that from your talk about <laughs> about uh, nine. Yeah. Oh, you, you want closure? Um, I, I fuck you. you. Keep going. Like. Yeah, I, I was gonna ask you like, what's the what's your cutoff point from where like you think the show you know stopped being good? Honestly, I think, and I think this is the season finale of six. Is when Danny crosses uh, crosses the narrow sea yeah. to come to Westeros. Yeah. Mm. That kind of marks the beginning of the end, I think, because Jon Snow going and meeting with her, and then like like choosing to throw away his title of King <laughs> in the North, and like, and and he is he his whole character is he is the most honorable man that has ever lived. He is, like, loyal to his dying breath, no matter what that is. Well, he is loyal. (laughs) Okay. So, he's loyal, but he's also loyal to what is right. Like, he went against what the Night's Watch stood for, which was keep the wildlings on the other side of the wall. That is their number one goal. He let them in. Okay, so now he goes, he meets this woman... He won't give up his title of being king, and then, oh, surprise, he will. So he gives up his title of being king in the north uh, to all the people that he is, like, loyal to and, like, has loyalty to him. Like, he owes them everything. Okay, goes, bends the knees to her. She becomes a crazy woman and starts killing people that he doesn't agree with and, like, literally sees her becoming a crazy evil woman, and he goes along with it and (laughs) continues to say, she is my queen. And he was never just blindly loyal. He was always loyal to, you know, like, he, he was, lo- he wouldn't lie, but he wasn't blindly loyal. Mm-hmm. Like, that was just, that wasn't him. Like, when he just, like, he saw her commit atrocities and just kept saying, you're my queen. And, like, that was literally the dialogue. He'd be like, you're my queen. And it's like, dude, like, this, she doesn't stand for a single thing you believe in at this point. 
And like, yeah, at the very end, like he takes it into his own hands and like, but I don't know. It was just, it was so weak. Also the fact that they let the Unsullied dictate what happens to him at the end. That made no sense. Yeah. Yeah. This foreign army of the Mad Queen gets to decide what happens to like the hero of the story. Not only that. And he basically ends it, like he just ends up in a bad breakup. And, and they didn't know really he stabbed. Sad. They didn't know he stabbed her at the end either. Like, uh, he probably just said it because he's a yeah, little, like a like, little bitch. bitch I, like, I think why? they. I think uh. they. I think they do know that like he was responsible for her death in some way. No, yeah, well, no, yeah, no. obviously. Also, like, how did they miss this opportunity? Jon Snow is a Targaryen. No way to prove oh, yeah. it whatsoever, other than the word of his crazy brother, who you can't prove he knows everything, you just have to take his mm-hmm. word for it. I mean, like, he can prove oh, it by telling well. you things you don't know. Oh. <laughs> but um, And then Samuel Tarly. The only two people that know that John is a Targaryen are these two people that, one is his brother, well, brother, really cousin, and one is his best friend. So, Danny, who is, like, set out to be the queen more than anything. She just takes his word for it. Like, obviously she's upset about it, but she does believe him. Why didn't they use the fact that Targaryens don't burn? Why, like, he's a real Targaryen. They should have had the dragon after he kills her, or at least, or something, try to burn I've been him. saying that, like, dude. And, mm-hmm. then you, and then you show that, oh, he's the real Targaryen. Then everybody bends the knee because they see that dragon can't kill this dude. He's the real yeah. dragon. How did that not happen? That seems like the... That just seemed like the perfect thing to do in that but scenario. Josh, the only way to here's prove the thing: that- like, drag the dragon had to sim- show the symbolism of that moment that the throne isn't worth it. He had to burn down bro, the throne, bro. The dragon, <laughs> the dragon sees him kill his mom. Doesn't give a shit that that happened, but he burns the chair. The dragon really like that's what a dragon would do. <laughs> yeah, no. There's a yeah. there's a meme that I love. Like I think the day after the the show ended. And it was basically like a giant wall of text right next to I can't remember what dragon that was, but you know some dragon, Drogon. Drogon. That's just like you see, John. I burned down the throne because it's a symbolism of blind power, and everybody is always, is always losing their humanity towards. I it. And know it's that just meme. like it's so stupid. It's so stupid because it makes no sense. Like I get what they were going for, but at that moment there was no need for it. I know? get what they were going for, but then it's all flushed away when they decide to make one person king. Yeah. What? Yeah, yeah, let's break the wheel and then keep doing the same shit. Yeah, no, it's, yeah, no. And I think, like, in terms of, like, episodes and, like, I guess satisfying conclusions, you know, any type of closure, that really peaked with Battle of Bastards. Really, like, like that was the, the, la- same for me. the last uh, great episode, the last, I'd say, gr- the, the show stopped being, the show stopped being great after four but it stopped being good after season six. And like the last amazing, almost perfect episode was probably Battle of Bastards. That was probably one of, that was like yeah. one of the highlights of the show. Uh, to this day, you know, that, everybody that puts their, like a lot of Game of Thrones fans puts like, you know, John facing the army as their Twitter headers, you know? And like, it's oh incredible. my God. And like, it's so You know, great. like, it, it, oh. it just show it, it just really shows you like how. Also, Rickon, what are you doing? Yeah, Rickon's worthless. He's always been worthless. It's fine. Whatever. Step to the left. I really don't give a fuck. Honestly, like, I really don't like. What a worthless character. It, like D and D really did ruin that show, and I mean, and, and like you know, I I mean that with all sincerity. They really did ruin that story. They could have given it to, to other people to continue that legacy who had respect for the source yeah. material. There could have there could have been so many ways. HBO could have handled this that would have been so much more Ridiculous. beneficial than yeah. what happened. It just makes but, me so angry yeah. in retrospect because 
like did they just not ask no he George? no no they knew they no, that's confirmed grim that's how confirmed. this fucking story ended no 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 he knows he they, knows they, that that like both of them for sure 100 percent knew how the story ended george just told them but like i don't understand why he wouldn't take like another like a, a leading role in you know shaping the actual end of the story if what essentially we might get if well, he's still D&D, alive well, to finish his book D&D is something were like, that's very different D and D were like the the top dogs in terms of of, yeah. of Game of Thrones, like like contractually, they were like they had final say in almost everything. Which I don't know what the fuck George, how HBO got that deal had to happen because that's one of the most ridiculous deals ever. Like George also gave up control after uh, some beginning seasons more than he had because he used to have it where he would direct like an episode right. here and yeah. there, and he was just like it's right, too not much. direct. He's right. like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Like, they um, it, I like it. Really was like it. Really was a situation not only of D and D like having like you know being very selfish with the projects, but also them having a lot of power, way too much creative power to the point where nobody can check them. And like that, really, like HBO offered them, hey, have more seasons. We'll give you fucking yep. every season you want with the budget to back it up. And <laughs> they're like, you're doing what? a Star Wars movie, said, though. <laughs> we and they never did it. He said, I'm going to take six episodes. It's never going to happen. He said, I'm going to take six episodes. Oh, man. I'm t- Hold my three seasons. I'm going to take six episodes. No, first, I'm going to take eight episodes, then I'm going to even shave it down two more. Why not? I, Danny, I like to challenge myself. But Danny just <laughs> forgot. But don't worry. They're longer than normal. Oh, don't yeah. worry. Oh, oh, Danny oh, just you, forgot. You know, you say I she can't forgot d- that there was a fleet right there, ready to kill the one thing that she has power over. That, that you has say more I power can't wrap her. up. You say I can't wrap up six years of buildup in two in two seasons. Bet. <laughs> like no, it's 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 horrible. It's it's yeah. <sighs> Thanks for opening those wounds again, yeah. Josh. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm also, sorry you had to go through that. Also, my biggest. I mean, it, it you did the biggest, yourself, uh, so It's sad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my biggest. My biggest character disappointment before we leave this is Jamie Lannister. Ah, dude. Yeah. How they, how they, oh, yeah. They took it. They took his character arc, completed it, and then threw Last it. Last minute. Can, threw it. Yeah. Lit that on fire. It's so crazy. Threw it and then it just you know just have to hit hard on the incest, I guess, right before it, he dies. It's <laughs> so crazy because you're right. His arc was completed. They literally beautiful. could have ended. It was beautiful. They literally could have like given him like a, just a perfectly fine arc happy yep. he fight maybe he dies maybe yep. he dies protecting the wall maybe he dies like doing the- yeah maybe yeah. like dude if he died in winterfell for north men protecting like, uh protecting uh um, fucking what's her name uh brianna tarth yeah dude dude what the fuck His happened to brianna i actually forget she was heartbroken she, she went from she's now the oh, cool. i'm sorry <laughs> she's the, she um, fell in love with the big guy right or no, no, small she, small ginger guy, right? No, no. She, she fell in love with Jamie. Captain of the of That's the right. Kingsguard. <laughs> she yeah. fell in love. She ended up on the small. They council. fell in love. They fucked. She completely resorted to like this like a comp- this completely dependent character of yeah. an, uh, uh, of a man. It completely goes like like completely goes against like everything that she was like 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 stood for. Like they they really yep. flushed away everything that made these Dude. characters worthwhile. Yeah, just like was a fucking idiot. Turns <laughs> yes, not only that. Talk about confusing. And then Jamie Lannister at the last minute at the buzzer goes away, fucks Cersei, dies. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, it doesn't fuck her. Like, holds her in his arms and dies with her. Then, after Brienne gets anointed to be the captain of the King's Guard, she then writes a nice sentiment about Jamie Lannister, the guy who just was a total piece of shit and fucked yeah. her. Over. And I don't understand how they didn't at least have it be, oh, Jamie needs to kill Cersei. 
maybe that was Jamie's purpose. That could have or that you know been completed the, big the arc. Bad too. Like it would have been more conventional, but I would have been fine had this all just lead into you know Cersei being the main big bad for the final season. Oh no, okay, all right, you know? okay, all right. Look, let me back I up get on that. the whole prophecy <laughs> about like Danny, you know, just Ignore the prophecy. going back to no, I know, but like I know the whole fucking deal with like her just going back into the realm of the Mad King and and you know history repeating itself again, but you know maybe maybe it wouldn't have been as bad if they just went the more conventional route and just had it be you know this thing where like Danny doesn't turn into an evil bitch but <laughs> like, this was but like this was the conventional route if anything what it should have been from the beginning was hey all this shit's happening we're getting fucked over we're killing each other oh wait we got the throne everything is okay the walkers are here we're fucked that's it everyone dead oh yeah remember that's the it. walkers we're dead exactly remember the exactly. white walkers you know <laughs> dude yeah if if the fucking wait that's such a good point. Wait, if the biggest problem that was facing entire civilization humanity. actually was humanity. a fight between all of humanity instead of the ending being Oh my god, that would have that would have made so much more like, sense. Like they they build oh, they build up the like literally the tagline of the show is uh is winter is coming. The whole show is building up to the idea that when winter comes there's going to be years of darkness and death and and like everything you can imagine just completely thrown winter away. Winter lasted a night. Winter, winter lasted, lasted it was a night. one you night. You barely could and, see it. <laughs> and you wait, and you see you literally see 95% of everybody that was there die. And then at the the next day they go, so we lost half our armies. I'm like, no you yeah. didn't. They breached the <laughs> but walls. But they never they but they never everybody. lost the main characters. Not a single They well, didn't lose the who was only, important. The only main character that died was Theon. And he well, gets and Theon, Jorah, I guess. Theon he gets and, uh, the only Mormont. Um, little little yeah, girl yeah, Mormont. She oh, was cool. Well, little girl and old and Mormont. And, uh, She's Jorah. playing Ellie. Oh, yeah, the, the Last of Us. That. You know that, Josh? I'm ex- yeah. th- I know. That that seems like a great... It's great uh, casting. It's great yeah. casting. Yeah. yeah. yeah great Hopefully casting. they don't fuck her over in that show. <laughs> uh, dude. dude, when she... Wait. I will say, though, when she kills the giant... That well, did, oh, like, great scene. That, that was like, a great yeah. scene. Don't get me wrong. But the thing is, like, at that point, it just seemed like, all right, just give me what you can get. Just give me what whatever. Yeah, just give me whatever. Like, I remember... We, Victor and I were watching with a, with with friends. We were watching that that White we made Walker a whole day out of episode. It. Yeah, we, we watched that White Walker episode in in his house when it premiered. We were all drunk, like fucking trying to enjoy that shit. <laughs> the funny thing was, like, at least this was how I saw it when we were watching it. At the moment, nobody was like, "This is awful," or like, "This is like you know." A terrible fucking yeah, episode. You couldn't see that it. You couldn't see it. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's like yeah, you know, at the moment. Nobody would have expected it to go downhill this fast. And like, even look out of context, when Arya kills the main White Walker, I think it's a cool scene. No, but it just makes everything <laughs> after like it's a part of that. It's like part of that scene is also what makes everything immediately afterwards, or I mean, even during it, during that episode, like fall down a fucking cliff because I think all that setup, best... all that momentum is just gone. And it's like, what's next? What was the point? You know? The best music out of that entire fucking show was the build up up to, the build up to the Night King uh, dying. Getting that oh, score, okay. that score, the dun, 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 the piano, like the just that whole build up up until like you know the, that death. I like, actually wasn't crazy. Oh about wow, it, to be I think it was the best part. Of, I, I, yeah. It was my favorite part of of that season specifically. That's but obviously, like. The theme like song. Her, the theme song is yeah. great. Like the yeah. theme, that, like the, yeah, that's what I'm talking no, about it's here. Not my favorite either, but it's iconic. Yeah, yeah like, but like, 
my favorite is the theme they used to play for Rob Stark. Um, that besides Reigns of Casimir, which gets brought back like yeah. all the time, the the theme they played for Rob Stark was really good, and they played it for like whenever they were back in the north yeah. and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but because what you were talking about it took me out of it when they start they literally start the battle like literally building up to it the entire time with just these like weird like clock ticks and it just kind of took me out of it because it felt like really it didn't feel like they were sticking with the um, with like, it's like they had a guy yeah, with the, an actual clock the, like the old instruments <laughs> and like it literally felt like um i don't know if you've seen that movie where uh they did uh, that in dunkirk is it they Ryan? did that in dunkirk yeah, yeah, it was mm-hmm. literally like that. Yeah. It was like that. And it just, it felt a little too new. It, it felt too modern. Uh, it felt too modern. Yeah, yeah, yeah for me. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, I, 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 I agree with that. I don't remember specifically like that ticking sound, but like, yeah. I don't know. I think the highlight, if anything, like the highlights for Game of Thrones was probably the music. The music was always great. The production value, yes. the cinematography, the uh, the set design, everything. Like just how the way the show was made was, was just top tier, like cinema. It was cinema, but you know. The writing, which you, at yeah, the end of the day, you can't defend that. Fell yeah. off a fucking. You know, it, it boils down to you know, you know, any a, a good director can make a bad script great. You know, it's really hard to make. Uh, it's really hard. Like, sorry, sorry. Uh, a good director. Uh, it's hard for a good director to make a bad script great. It's they, really, it's really hard. They they it's knew really when, hard. They knew what they were doing when they put Bran as king. It's not like he's gonna really do anything. Well, that, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean that. What's he gonna apparently do? Apparently, that was like. But that was like, the worst part of. Uh, That's the worst decision ever. Part of you're choosing yeah. the directors. Yeah. Part yeah, part of choosing the directors apparently was um, like George gauging who people thought you know ended up on the throne, and apparently they they oh, got it right with Bran. So mm. wait, do you mean directors or do you mean king? Like choosing the the king. <laughs> Uh, uh, sorry. Uh, no, no. I meant George choosing, like, helping to choose, like, who directed it. Oh, he was I, gauging. Like, oh no, I no, no I, I don't think who ended up on the throne. Yeah, no, I don't think George. I don't think George uh, had anything to do with that. That was all D and D. You, yeah, yeah. That was all the story and the substance of the show, like the like the books and everything, like what the source material. That's George, and he has like say in like oh you know some episodes like I'll let you write an episode or anything like that. But D and D, they're the showrunners. They choose the directors. They choose like the other writing staff who gets to be a part of that. George has nothing to do with that. Now he's all part right, of this show. Just, now he's I, part of the new show. I know for sure. I know for sure. I was I was watching an interview, and what when you say D and D, the uh, showrunners, Benioff yeah, and Weiss. Yeah. Oh, so they're not. Oh, okay. So that's me getting. That's me getting. Um, that's me getting the just the lingo confused. I meant when he picked them. Oh, like when he was like, yeah. like that yeah, was yeah. Martin's choice. Like they, yeah, okay. I know what you're good. talking yeah, about yeah. now. Yeah. Now, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, uh, I, yeah. I, I, yeah, okay, all right, yeah. Um, he wouldn't sign away the rights only if they were able to guess who would be uh, who John's father was. Yeah. That's what it was. Oh, that's oh, what yeah, it was. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like what happened yeah, with them? Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, they answered right, and that's how they were able to to, to pick. Uh... Which what a fucking great question! Uh, <laughs> like a question, but also just like part of the story. It makes perfect sense why Ned was the way he was. Why uh, why Ned's wife was the way she mm-hmm. was. Everything like falls into place Literally, at that moment. It's great. when like uh, this isn't revealed in the books. Technically, it's not revealed in the books. Like technically, the show spoiled the books. Um, at least with that we, reveal, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah with yeah, that yeah, reveal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A Song of Ice yeah. and Fire is literally about Jon Snow. 
a song of, he is the song of ice and fire <laughs> yeah. or the relationship yeah. between Danny and John that's the song of ice and fire mm-hmm. that's what the sh- what the show yeah. was always supposed to be about but you know even though she's like his aunt right yeah yeah. But you know, it, yeah. you know, incest thing never, for his tia. It, it was incest has never has never stopped anyone in the <laughs> show. So I know it's just who get excited for blood of the dragon, blood of the dragon. Yeah, George Thanks. has George has a bigger role on that production wise. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. Those books so, are never gonna come out. Signed a massive deal. Never, never Those books out. are never coming out. No, man, it's awful. <laughs> Not until he dies. <laughs> Not even. Like I, I, I could picture well, he, he has people that will take. Yeah, over no, I, I did hear that. Plan. But like, I, I could envision. Plan. I could envision like George sitting, like uh, Elden Ring still hasn't even come out, and he's just sitting so at like tiny. a Dallas Comic Con, and someone asks him, "Hey, dude, how does this end?" And he's like, oh, "Fuck it, I'll just tell you." And that's how you find out how Game of Thrones actually ends through an interview at a, like at some Dallas convention. I feel like it's genuinely you know? supposed to end with everyone dying. I think that's Probably. like literally how it was supposed to end. Winter is here. We warned you. He didn't yeah. listen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Game man. of Thrones. What? Anything else, Joshi? What a fun revisit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, no. That's that's been my life. <laughs> yeah. Uh. What about I you, will Raul? say I will say this: oh. One Division, you, you you picked a good palate cleanser, I think. Oh yeah, One Division yeah, is great, dude. That'll definitely knock the shit out of your mouth with that. Is Game of Thrones? <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, One Division is like top ten MCU properties and MCU things for me personally, at least. It's really good. Yeah, it, it, I think it. I think it has a bit of a Last Jedi problem, but I'll get into that later. But um, okay, in terms of my week, I really didn't do that much. I booted up Final Fantasy VI and I played an hour of it until my 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 device the screen on my device just broke because somebody stepped on it so i bought an i have to buy i bought a new screen so that's going to come in in june and aside from that i mean oh god what did i see i started watching yasuke with nihar oh yeah i did too yeah i'm i mean i'm I'm like five minutes in but it's already really funny for those of you who don't know yeah yeah, um it's josh this is a (laughs) this is an anime about uh lakeith stanfield basically plays like history's first black samurai but the funny thing is, like, mm-hmm. it's it's not realistic at all. The first five minutes, you get like the title card of like I think it's I think it's Kyoto thirteen ninety two or something like that, right? And immediately, yeah. it's like this village on fire and there's robots fighting. <laughs> yeah, it's a mech anime. Yeah, it's 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 this super um, uh, hyper realized like dramatic retelling of I I've, I guess like his life and his relationship to you know Lord Nobunaga. I like Lakeith Stanfield. I like Flying Lotus' lie. music. It looks Ugh. it's it's done by the same studio behind Attack on Titan right now, so I'm down Mappa, for that. Yeah. Oh, okay. uh, I'm not not a fan. I don't like it. Hey, if I, you want a really good, compelling narrative, Josh, you should watch Attack on Titan. Oh, no reason. Uh, no reason. My, <laughs> my um my coworker was telling me about that's it. one of the best anime I've seen in years. It's one of the in best shows. Years. Yeah, like it's, it transcends sure. just like that genre in itself. It's like if you want, if you want good Game of Thrones, <laughs> you should watch. You should watch Attack on Titan. If you want to hear, if, I do. I do very much want good. Game if you want to hear our thoughts about it, we had we did like a, a spoiler free uh, uh, review like two episodes back. Yeah. So, but aside can, oh, okay. aside from that, that's, yeah, I gotta oh, okay. I gotta get back into um, I gotta get back into all the shit that's on my list now that I have time again. Yeah. Like it's so freeing. It's yeah, I, I I love it. it, it yeah, but I'm not. It, I'm not bad. That that feel. The thing is, like, 
do you ever get that feeling where it's like oh, okay once you're free you don't know which one to start you know like there's so many choices you don't little know bit. like a little I, bit starting with yeah. wanda and then i'll see i'll pick sopranos <laughs> i have that same i have that same issue but yeah aside from that uh, it's been my week how's your week been victor uh yeah it's been fine uh i'm um Yasuke, like I was, I'm not, yeah, not a fan of it. I don't know. I, I don't think I'm gonna continue it to be honest. Oh, interesting. Uh, the score is great though. Fucking dude, Flying that Lotus score is, is amazing. Awesome. <laughs> and uh, I, I like the animation too. It's pretty cool. Uh, and Lucky Stanfield is really cool, really good in it too. But you know, Yasuke, I don't, I don't know if I'm gonna continue it. Um, besides that, uh, I, I did see like kind of like a few movies, uh, you know, here and there. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure you don't want to talk about MK, Raul. I don't know if you. Oh, I forgot. Uh, Josh, we talking about Mortal quick, Kombat. Yeah. Oh, no. I haven't seen it. No, I was I I've played with like my cousin when I was at his house, but like I okay, never that's really good. got Keep it that super way. into it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. No, I I think it's fine. It's like a dumb fun time. <laughs> like it's literally the type of movie that you could just very turn dumb. your brain off and watch. Very yeah. very dumb. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No. I I, I do. You know. I didn't really like Mortal Kombat like at all. It, it's it wasn't my cup of tea. Um. Fucking. Mm. Uh, but besides that, uh, I again a quick update on Berserk. I'm reading Berserk right now, Josh. Berserk. Oh, buddy. I assume Talk you like about fantasy. stories that will never get an ending. Oh, <laughs> my God. Josh, you're a fantasy fan, right? You you enjoy fantasy. Like, yeah. you know, obviously, you know, you love Lord yeah. of the Rings and, you know, obviously Game of Thrones and shit. Motherfucker, Mother if there has ever been a fantasy novel, a fantasy story that made me, like, both completely hollow, dead, empty inside and completely fall in love and like make me feel like a human again it's it's been berserk it's wow, <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's dude it's um you're you're obviously like well uh, you know of game of, of uh dark souls you know of uh dark souls yeah yeah Bloodborne. yeah, yeah. i played I played a little bit of both, actually. Literally, like, without this, there wouldn't be, like, Dark Souls. Dark Souls' whole, like, vibe, grunginess, aesthetic, like, the big armored beast with the huge swords. and That's all, like, Berserk. Berserk is, like, it's basically the uh, this, like, a story that takes place amongst years of this guy named Guts, uh, who literally is going through the worst most fucked up dark fantasy world you can ever live in it, game of thrones has nothing compared to this shit all right like like this shit like <laughs> like game of thrones is literally like like kirby compared to like <laughs> a lot of the fucked up shit you have in this book but like hey kirby's goddamn. pretty dope though hey kirby's great kirby don't get me dark. wrong Kirby lore is <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> I, 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 I am sure Kirby doesn't have the same backstory as Guts. I'm positive. Oh, you'd but be surprised. I, I would be. I would Kirby be. Kirby expert over here. But fuck, dude. Like, I, I'm right now, I, I bought all seven volumes of the deluxe edition of Berserk. There's supposed to be 13 coming out. Uh, eight comes out in August. Um, right now, the book... Wow. Right now, the uh, Berserk isn't finished. It's been going on since 1989. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> we are up to wow. We are up to chapter. Huh, what's the last chapter to release? The last chapter of Berserk to be released, which was back like two years ago, uh, or no, last no, year. No, no, it was yeah, it, it was, was like last year. year. There's yeah, a new yeah. chapter apparently coming out like yeah, soonish. Apparently, the, yeah. So they 
They release it by chapter. yeah, it, yeah, it's a manga because it's by manga, so they release it in ser- uh, oh. serialized fashion. It's a manga, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. I thought this was a straight up like Game of Thrones. Like, oh, well, novel. I mean, like no, it, no, it's a manga, but uh, it's definitely like most of the at least the visual, uh, visual influences of Game of Thrones and the, the attitude. A lot of it it comes from Berserk. Um, right now we're at three fifty seven mm-hmm. in the uh, in the chapters, I believe, and uh, we are up to volume twenty seven in the regular like small manga volumes and then the deluxe edition volumes which is what i have comes with three a pop three volumes each one and fuck josh i don't know all right look josh look at my camera i don't know if you can <laughs> i just <laughs> i i'm showing josh you see those black books ah ah like an encyclopedia yeah dude they're as thick as encyclopedias <laughs> they're fucking they're like black le- like black so- leather yeah is it comparable to like a uh, Walking Dead companion? Sure. Kind of well, thing? Yeah. That, that's the format that they collect these the stories in. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that's how they're like a lot of like the, like the story is like you know com- compressed in and uh, these like these mm-hmm. volumes are pretty new. Honestly, like they came out started coming out in like 2016, 2015 around there or probably less. No, actually mm-hmm. no. What am I talking about? Twenty nineteen. That's when it started coming out. Yeah. So uh, they've just been releasing them as they come. Uh, I really this story is amazing. I couldn't recommend it anymore, but I really do warn you, it's it's really fucked up. Like like not only <laughs> not only in just like the action and like the, you know it's really brutal, like it's it's grotesque. Like the subject matter, like they don't shy away from anything at all, at all. Well, and you get obviously you get like these big panels of manga, like the the, the art is super detailed. Oh, let's talk about the art real quick. The art very beautiful. Oh my very god, beautiful. So fucking detailed. Like like there's entire like battle of bastard big like battlefields going on and you just every soldier has detail every and that's just a regular chapter well, for them that's yeah, that's, like, that, that's the, just a regular page turn the, the creator uh i think his name is kintaro but kintaro uh, Mar- Miura, uh, Mura, uh, Miura. like part of the reason why this book gets delayed so much is because he draws with such intensity that he actually injures himself throughout the process of making this book and like it's really like it, it part of the reason why it, you know it hasn't even gotten a proper ending or it's still going on is because he takes his time with the visuals and for a black and white manga mind you it's really really the, like the highest quality of art that you could find it's like it. like you can like the, there's there's not many comics or manga that get like the way you could tell a comic or a manga is really great is how the artists, at least the art of it, how they uh, uh, draw movement, like motion and like, you know, action sequence and fighting. Like, like literally sometimes while I'm reading these chapters, I feel like I'm watching an anime. Like, it's just so detailed and you get every movement, every stroke of the sword, all the twists and turns. Like, it's really, really elaborate and super detailed. And I couldn't recommend Berserk enough. I don't want to. I can't get into Berserk without really scarring you. So <laughs> it's very fantasy. Very for like super super for, for like it's for its very small bright like nice spots and it's very very dark fucked up spots. That, I, the best way I could describe it, it would be Game of Thrones uh, if written by H.P. Lovecraft. That's the best way I could describe it. Yeah. With the attitude of with the attitude of like just not caring about anything at all, you know. It's like the attitude of a Souls game, I think. It's like the tone yeah. of a Souls game if you ever played one. It, it's like yeah. the it's it's the uh, it's the uh, like fucking what's the I don't know why I'm blanking on, I don't know why I'm blanking on this term. Jesus Christ, the uh, it's the it's the nihilistic it's like the nihilistic worldview where nothing matters 
and like everything is just death and destruction. It's a fun time. <laughs> it's a fun time. It's a really fun, it's fun time. time. <laughs> Especially if you, I think if you love Game of Thrones, and I, I could tell you do, I think you would really love this. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I cool. really, really, really recommend sure. it. Yeah. Berserk for everybody. But uh, uh, let me ask you before we go in right before we go right into Last Jedi. Did you catch up on Invincible? Oh, I'm caught up. Josh, are you? Are you have you been watching? That's another that that's uh, another one is... you could add into the list if you want. Oh, yeah. That's a really good show. What's it's uh, basically it, it's based off a comic from Robert Kirkman, the uh, the creator behind Walking Dead. Walking Dead, yeah. And it's it's yeah. basically a very modern realistic retelling of like of of a boy getting superpowers and his dad just happens to be like the superman of that universe the thing is it just it takes some really really interesting turns like i've read the comic for like for the last couple of years now and it takes some really really fucked up and interesting turns that makes for some really really good compelling drama and i think for me like the animation's not the best at times but it makes for a really fun saturday morning cartoon style show because that's like the type of aesthetic that they're going for it feels like if you've ever seen uh like an mtv animated show from like the yeah. 90s you know but done in modern day because they have it's like a- pop uh pop music cues and like the the violence is understrained and i think the dr- oh, yeah. and the drama is as well it's a it's pretty some mature of the most, show for a cartoon it's some of the most brutal violence in a in a, in a comic book tv show and if you're a big yeah. fan of the boys you'll you, you'll really like it too mm. um yeah, no, that, that that's really good. Uh, also, an incredible Invincible? cast too. No, we haven't. Oh what? yeah, amazing cast. No, we haven't talked about uh, the finale of Invincible. No, no, uh, we'll we'll leave that for next week because obviously, yeah, next you week, know, next week's no, yeah, I, I don't want to just spoil an entire show for Josh. Um, Steve, <laughs> uh, Josh, Stephen Yun, uh, Glenn from The Walking Dead. He plays yeah. he plays Mark Grayson, which is the main character. J.K. Simmons from Whiplash. Oh, uh, he plays yeah. Omni Man, which is uh, like the Superman. You character. mean J.K. Simmons from from. Farmers Insurance. Yes. Far- yes. 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 100%. He actually, that's that's his superhero theme. The dun 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 just shows up every time he, 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 he punches somebody. He actually, Omni-Man looks like J. Jonah Jameson because <laughs> he has like the mustache and he had like yeah. half of his hair is white. It's a really, really buff black haired yeah, yeah. J. Jonah Jameson. Yeah. <laughs> it's really funny. Yeah. No, I, I couldn't recommend the show uh, Invincible enough. Uh, Seth Rogen plays an alien cool. called Alan also. Which is also really yeah, fun. Alan the alien. He also Alan played it. He also played an alien called yeah. uh, Paul. Oh, yeah. you ever, you've seen Paul? Yeah, it's funny. Yeah. I, I I like Paul. It's actually a, a pretty Paul good movie. Good? I think I've seen Paul. I don't mind it. I liked yeah. it a lot. I, I mean, I saw it when I was like, I don't know, eleven or yeah. twelve, and I saw it with my dad, and it was just like the vibe. Was, like, <laughs> yeah, that came out. Yeah, when did the Paul come out? Because that's, like that, that, that's like mid two thousands or early two thousand tens. Yeah, when, when that came out, I thought it was a. Uh, it came out twenty eleven. Uh, I was oh, like twelve okay. years old when that came out. When that came out, I thought that was a. Uh, I thought that was a uh, Edgar Wright film. <laughs> it feels a lot like it. It yeah it, yeah. It, I mean, I'm sorry. You first, Josh. No, I was just saying. Like, it, it, I, no, just I was agreeing with you. Like really could <laughs> I, that's all i had it, to it's say. funny because i was for some reason when whenever i'm just have tv in the background i've been having this thing where i just revisit a bunch of weird romantic comedies from the 2000s because that's all they show <laughs> on tbs late at night is paul is one of them even though it's not yeah oh, really? even though it's not really like a romantic comedy but like i, I like you guys remember the movie definitely maybe with ryan reynolds 
Yes. <laughs> that movie is really good. And <laughs> I don't it? know why. Yeah, no, it actually is pretty uh, good. Dude, I, dude, fuck, holy and shit. And I don't know why. I, I, I'm not, a, I'm not a, rom- uh, a romantic comedy guy. I just really don't like it except when, like, it goes for, like, weird territory, like a Scott Pilgrim or a Her. But, like, this, it's the most conventional-ass romantic comedy movie that you could have out there. And I'm watching it. I mean, granted, I'm, like... Yeah, you know, it's like four in the morning when I'm watching this shit. But like, I was I was having a really good time with it. Holy it's basically shit. it's basically him and like recounting um, to his child about his you know like how he met his her, her mother back in the nineties. Can you and please? It's, like a, like, it's a sweet, charming comedy. Can you please Google the poster because oh my god, that Photoshop job is horrendous, dude. It's 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 horrifying. Um, this looks like uh, this looks like every Matthew McConaughey movie before he be before the McConaissance. <laughs> <laughs> you know the generic like the McConaissance. Yeah, the white yeah. poster, red uh, white poster, uh, the red, three uh, leads, the font. one quirky male lead in the center. Where the it's little like, kid, what do I do? Like, the little kid that shows the one of the adult characters that there's more to life than just work. Uh, <laughs> oh my God, who is it? That it's that girl is. I've seen her before. I don't know why she's it was, really like, famous. The playbook uh, with, I'll tell you right now. Is it Abigail uh, Breslin? I think so. Yeah, it's Abigail Breslin. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, she was yeah, huge. I remember her. In the- she was really big for a while. Well, wait, when did this movie come out? 28, 2008? So, like, that yeah, that was she- that was right before... No, right after Little Miss Sunshine. Right right after Little Miss Sunshine and right before Zombieland. Little Miss Sunshine. That movie's great. I really yeah. love that movie. So good. I saw it for the first time over quarantine because my mom was like, you'd love it. And I was like, it's okay. It's so depressing. And we watched it. Yeah. Oh my God, it's so it's good. Such, it's so brutal. <laughs> it, it's, it's so funny because oh. it's like, for some reason, like it, it, these were just movies that so I would pass good. off as like m- stuff that my mom loves. And, you know, like, like even though like it's, you know, when I think about it now, it's kind of sad because it's not like some... It's like the movies are bad, but it's the type of movies I'm just not into. But then I would watch some of them, like these movies that I thought like, oh yeah, my mom definitely loves this shit. And I start to think to myself now, at least as an older man, I'm like, wow, yeah, I, I, I can love this too. I like it. It's weird how much, how good these things are. Like, uh, what's that one with, there's another Ryan Reynolds one that I was thinking about. I'm sorry, this is a quick, t- this is an unnecessary tangent. No, but that, that, that really goes into it. something, re- yeah, that goes into something. All right, yeah. <laughs> That's the last Jedi thing? Okay. No, 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 that goes into something else. <laughs> oh, okay. No, but like, do you guys remember the movie pr- The Proposal? Yes. With him and Sandy yes. Bullock? That, yes. The Proposal fucking slaps. The Proposal is it- so good. Yes, it is. You have you know- weird, horny <laughs> Betty White. To me, Sandra Bullock is one of the. To me, Sandra <laughs> Bullock is one of the most gorgeous women that's ever lived. That's oh, just she's me beautiful. personally. Um, I, you know, Same with Betty White. Uh, I really fucking <laughs> wish. I really fucking wish this was a regular thing with the streaming services making playlists of movies, mm, like yeah. your own personal playlists, like how they do with like at Spotify, Apple Music, or Letterbox. How like oh this is like you know oh horror marathon playlist or uh kind of movies uh a uh, dad movies or mm-hmm. you know like that kind of thing. I, I, I've always w- wanted a feature like that. That way I can like send people like, oh, here's my Netflix playlist of movies you should watch or something like that. Cause oh, where you know, make your own playlist of movies, yeah, not make necessarily your own pl- it, it's made yeah, for yeah. you. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Make your own playlist like like Spotify. Like, you yeah. know, uh, like, you know, oh, I'll send I'll send you over this Halloween, uh, this Halloween marathon that you could uh, that you can enjoy. You know? Man, I I don't know why, but for some reason I'm I'm down for romantic comedies from the 2000s. For some reason, like I really like it. It was There's such some- a weird binge for me the other day. Because they were just like an unnecessary amount of them playing on TBS and like there's other cable some, stations. I think 10 Things That I Hate About You is one of the best ones. 
That one's a '90s one, but like, that's, yeah, I I, I I like that one too. But I think of I think of ones that mainly are actually with Ryan Reynolds. Now that I think about it, like there's I, I really love the proposal. I really like definitely definitely maybe. There's that one movie. It's called Waiting, where uh, yes. like I think they're in like a bar, like Cheers or some shit like that. I like that one. You know, I went to the Cheers bar. That's yeah. long ago. I think I like Ryan Reynolds. I, I think that's what I'm My- trying to say here. Like I think I really like Ryan Reynolds movies. <laughs> My favorite. <laughs> My favorite is not from uh, the the mid to early two thousands or whatever, but mine is Silver Linings Playbook. Oh yeah, you yeah, yeah. See that one? I love that movie. I fucking love yeah. that movie. For me, so it that feels was like more of a drama out. than a romance. Yeah, it was. It was. It was. But it's weird because it it it's still I mean, it's like rom com. It's still much, yeah. It still fits. You it's still know? very much. Would you yeah. consider something like Palm Springs a rom com? Oh yeah, definitely. The yeah. the thing is like it has that it has that edge to it that I like. You know that just that makes it different from other rom coms where it's like it's a time loop movie. It's like what if you make a romance movie, a romantic <laughs> comedy, but you you know set it to the same plot device as Groundhog Day, and you know for me it's. Yeah, I was just gonna say, yeah. Groundhog <laughs> is Groundhog Day a romantic comedy? I don't I don't no, think so. No, kind of. No, no, no. He he starts he starts going out with his his uh he starts going it's out the with thing that kinda, kinda, yeah. <laughs> it's just every movie from that time period always needs the forced love interest in order for it to like sell. Yeah, you know for mm-hmm. sure. So. Yeah, not not, about, Ryan, not Ryan Reynolds, but Crazy Stupid Love is also good. Yeah, let's talk about our favorite rom com though. The Last Jedi. The Last Jedi. Yeah, uh, at least me and Raul. So Raul, uh, start this off. So, I recommended a movie appropriate for Star Wars Day for May the Fourth. That, while it may not be a lot of people's favorite Star Wars movie, I think it, I, for me personally, it, it ranks among one of the best. I mean, for the show. And for the show, obviously. But four years on, I thought it'd be an interesting, dis- you know, discussion, and to bring you on, Josh, obviously, to talk about the Last Jedi, and you know, just try to figure out like what about this movie works and doesn't work. Looking back on it four years later, yeah, we want to know why you're wrong. Uh, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> Not necessarily, because there's there, you know, there, I, there, there's something there. I think. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I wanted to I wanted to turn it over to you, Josh. For sure. Where um you sure. wrote a list of, of what list, you liked and what you didn't like. And I'm gonna start with what I liked. And what, All right. And and here we go. <laughs> um, so I thought that this movie does a very good job, and probably one of the few that does really the only job of making you think about um, Jedi and the Force not being mutually exclusive. Because um, I mean, we get a little taste of it in Seven with like Maz. She seems to be like connected in some sort of way and like knowledgeable about it but like in this movie we see that like there's more so like after the jedi order has pretty much been dismantled and like tried to become like you know uh, restarted and then failed and we find out because uh you know luke just couldn't you know get it together i guess but um (laughs) You know, we find out, like, we find Jedi that um, are really questioning on both sides, uh, Kylo and Rey and Luke. Like, everybody is yeah. pretty much questioning their role in what the Force is and, like, being a Jedi and, like, what that really means in light versus dark. So I thought that was very cool. It was the only time that really made you really forced to think about it more than just, like, oh, there's always good and bad. Like, that's always a part of life. Like, this was mm-hmm. the only time I really felt more like a that's one thing i really appreciated about like just this film and like uh i guess well yeah just specifically this film in general because obviously we don't get much of that in nine but like it really explored the force in a way where like it 
it didn't resort it to just two sides. It really played with the idea of maybe there is gray area in a lot of uh, of what the force is. Maybe it doesn't it doesn't belong to anybody specifically, and that like really changes at least you know that's, that's kind of how I viewed the force. But like being it like it being re uh, like reinforced those ideas in, like in this version instead of it being just oh yeah science midichlorians whatever. It's a know? balance <laughs> that doesn't necessarily have to you know be binary essentially yeah yeah and like the fact that they went with that they went with the idea that you could be more you could be more than just like what these two factions tell you to be and you know like i feel like that's very important to what the story is going for and i really appreciate what ryan did with that i i i believe that that's the strongest uh point even still to this day i think it's the strongest part of the film overall but up to a certain point because and as much as I still like that third act, everything after the throne room fight, basically, like, for me, it negates that idea and just goes right back into this simple, like, um, easy route of good versus evil, of First Order versus Resistance. After they've set up so much, you know, buildup of what if Ray does take Kylo's hand? What if they actually just be, you know, for real this time, fuck the Jedi, fuck the Sith, let's just do something else. Yeah. Which I think is the, like, that would have, had they gone that route, had they actually stuck to their guns, and I'm saying they as in Disney in this case, because I think this was something that Ryan Johnson probably wanted to do, but, you know, to keep this film from being less controversial, they probably didn't. I think that that idea would have changed the franchise and just would have, like, I think probably would have made this movie a lot stronger had they went forward with it and actually did make this, you know, gray area where you don't really know who are who the villains or the heroes are in this story. They kind of believe in the same thing. Like, this is a movie oh, where... Oh, you know Ryan wanted to go through there. But you know Ryan wants to go that route. But that's route. what makes this film so frustrating to me four years later. They don't go to that route anymore and they, they retreat back to, you know, to the safe route. You have a movie where, Nor- where like, Kylo Ren and Yoda, fucking Yoda, are basically speaking the same things with let the past die and we are what they grow beyond. Yeah. Just literally, like, it's it's all set up well, up until that point, And then Rey still keeps the Jedi text. Rey still identifies as a Jedi. This guy is the fucking supreme leader and he's still seen as the bad guy. Like, he just retreats back into that, um, to what, you know, at least for this franchise, that place of normalcy that makes me angry looking back at this film because it could have been something completely different well do you mean from like the ending do you mean from like continuing on to episode nine or just the way i'm saying just from this film i i it was hard for me it because it's really hard for me to like talk about this stuff without mentioning the bullshit that comes in episode nine no yeah yeah when it when it comes to just that choice (laughs) when it comes to the choice of just like ray you know being offered kylo's hand and him saying, let's rule this together. It doesn't have to be evil. It doesn't have to be good. It could be our own thing. It doesn't have to be, you know, set by these rules. Which Luke is literally, that's it, Luke's whole arc throughout the whole film up until, you know, th- that choice. And she doesn't take it. You know? See, I, okay, but I don't think that's, I, I don't think that's an issue that doesn't reflect the point of the, of the story. Because I feel like. Even though what they're saying, especially Yoda and uh, and Ben, what they're saying, like they they really do go hand in hand how they want the past to die and move on from that. The way it's being done is very important. 
And with Kylo, it's more of forget the past, let it all burn to the ground. We don't need that shit anymore. We're gonna build something completely new. With Yoda, it's more of it's more of just a conversation about evolution, about moving on from what we had before. But that is that's uh, also evolution. And and but I think towards I think towards the end, the conclusion of the Last Jedi, we start siding more with uh, Yoda's viewpoint of the world, where everybody's evolving in a different way. It's not all being burned down the same in the same capacity the way Kylo wanted it to be because in the end of the day you can't burn it all down you have to accept the you have to accept where you come from and kind of evolve from that and I feel like that's where Rey and Kylo's journey really does evolve from what we've known before with Kylo we finally get we finally get a person a, a Skywalker who knows what they want to do as a villain and we finally get a Skywalker that actually is a threat now he's no longer the lapdog of somebody bigger than him we, we actually get somebody who can actually start doing stuff and with Rey, she understands the problems we had before with the with the Jedi, and she's choosing that, getting the the parts that do work, and moving on from that, and like learning from what Luke what, from what Luke kind of established. And I but feel it's, like it, but I it's feel the like that all leads choice in at the end. But the thing is, the the film's choice to have this be, you know, Kylo is still the villain, Rey is still the hero, disappoints me. At the end of the day, I don't think because that was, it could have been some intention. Well, that's what it comes off as. Like Kylo you know, being the villain, I think I think what the real intention was Kylo into understanding that he needs to be his own person. I think that's what I think that was more so. Kylo was always the villain. I think Kylo was always supposed to be the villain, but I think the the point of the sequel trilogy was to push Kylo to the direction of being the supreme bi- villain. No, but that's the thing. Like, why does it have to be in that same route of villain and hero? It could have been. It could have been like Kotor. It could have been, you know, this mixture of both, where you don't really know who you side with. You know, that's what. That's the most frustrating part of the Last Jedi for me, up until, you know, like like with everything after um, the the throne fight. Because it just goes back into that same thing of good versus evil. I don't think where it does, in reality man. it could do more by meshing those two worlds together and not just putting them in uh, competition with each other. I think in a way, but I think in a way it is doing that. I think in a way it is mo- it is evolving from it, it is evolving from what we had before, and instead of just like kind of throwing it off to the side and just starting completely new, it's just you know accepting what you had before and moving on from that. And I feel like where we leave off the characters at the end of episode eight gave path to give a, like a proper pathway to probably that conclusion, that what we wanted, you know. And obviously, whatever was set up in episode eight was supposed to be, you know, it was supposed to be like, uh, what's the term? It was supposed to be uh, double down on in episode nine, but obviously, you know, well, that's, that's the thing. Trying there to avoid no, episode nine conversation. There's no like, there's no story for episode nine. Yeah, there. I, yeah. I, that, that's the thing. When you when you have to boil it down to just one film by itself, even though it's it's a rough one because it's the middle chapter of a of a three part story, you know, there it's 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 still frustrating to look at because it has that potential. It has that potential to move beyond the conventional. And yet, it still makes that choice of going back to the conventional. Like, I, I don't it, think it's that it does, same problem. Man. It's that same problem I have with Knives Out, and I don't want to like spoil Knives Out. I or fucking anything. love Knives Out. I love Knives Out as well. That, but, that might have been one of my favorite movies that year. But the problem I have with Knives Out is that, like, it it goes back to that same normalcy of you know this is an Agatha Christie mystery story, except it's not because it's not based on one, and it's. And, and it's the same frustrations that I have with Last Jedi. And it's weird because I've heard Ryan Johnson on interviews talking about, like, once you know the rules of how these things work, you know how to break them. And it's like, why couldn't you just let them be broken? But <laughs> you know? I feel like he did, what, though. 
I don't. I, feel like I don't he, think he, he genuinely did. did. Because I feel really, like any it, other route, especially the JJ route, would have been just a retread of the original trilogy. Yeah, Kylo's but gonna go if back. we're just going right from this, if we're just going right from this film, mm-hmm. you start off with this idea of this. You know, maybe there doesn't have to be any Jedi. Maybe there doesn't have to be any Sith or First Order or Resistance. But then at the end of the day, you still get First Order and Resistance. You know, you still have that set up at the end of the day. I think that's too broad of a conclusion for what it was going for, though. I don't. I, I don't. think that was too much. I think that's very much a foreground. Like, that's very much like, oh, yeah, this is like the in the foreground kind of thing, not, you know, deeper. Because I feel like, if anything, like, it wasn't the ending of The Last Jedi, like, probably fit more towards them starting starting new from the ashes of before than completely doing something completely different 100%. I don't, well, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't really think I agree with that. I don't well, think we're yeah. gonna. I don't think we're gonna really be able to to. I don't think we would Hold ever be able to to like just understand like fully like what what happened at the end without seeing what Ryan Johnson would have done in nine After. because yeah, exactly. because that that exactly. that would have made so much more because because right now I'm not like I'm not really siding either way but like for me I don't really think it was that evident like like it makes it makes it a lot um more meaningful if the story does go in that direction and is shown more i don't i didn't really feel that way at all because i i think i felt more like what raul was saying mm-hmm. and i don't think i don't i don't know if that was the intention or not like obviously like because and it ties into what i was saying um well what i will be saying what we said <laughs> <laughs> um but it it ties into like for me like that whole idea of uh, just going right back to light and dark after this moment that was so like crucial and critical to like a jumping off point to what was could have been an insane last act in episode nine, like um, was for me, I just felt like this whole thing turned into like a half-baked reboot. Like it, it, it would have mm. been better as a reboot because so many things just fell right back into that good verse, like bad, like... Oh, if you're holding a green or blue lightsaber, you're the good guy, and we need to root for you. And then the red one's the evil one. Like, I I felt like this movie, um, and like I felt like it was seven too. I felt like they were just kind of uh, reboots that weren't reboots because of so many like parallels that like just happened to the character. Just same same situations, different characters. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just like it's also so tough because like you know like we mentioned before since it being a middle chapter it's yeah. just so dependent on what comes after. Yep, and I, for, I, it to, I, to, <laughs> for it to feel fulfilled, you know. Yeah, yep. and it, it like it it really sucks that we're in this weird fucking uh, other timeline that we can't really see the ideas fully grown and yep. fully you know you know be the ideas what that they were originally meant to be, you know. But I think uh, in retrospect. Of the sequel trilogy as a whole, like, and, and you mentioned this, Josh, and, um, or you will be mentioned, mentioning this, <laughs> but like, you know, with the sequel trilogy as a whole, there were some things that they definitely played safe with, with, you know, tying back to the, obviously with tying back to your original trilogy in terms of like visuals and set pieces and also characters. But like, you know, with, with Last Jedi, I, I know we're of differing, differing opinions on this, but you know, with Last Jedi, I think it still holds. Like it's it it repeats. I wouldn't say it repeats. Actually, no. I wouldn't say it repeats the same themes as Empire. More so than it recontextualizes it for a more interesting narrative at this point in time. 
for like for the story that's being set up like so much you know even like empire is a is a movie about tragedy and failure and so is the last jedi and i think for for its good parts that you know recontextualization works you know like they have a yoda scene in there because it has to be the middle chapter but for last jedi the yoda scene in that works because it, it makes sense with the with the themes that they're trying to tell and uh, they're trying to convey in this narrative but i think with something like uh what is it there uh it's like something like like poe right those those themes are also evident with poe's character which i think you know like for better or for worse i'm glad that they made him an actual character in last jedi but there are definitely some things that make me like that that make me question the 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 seriousness of of the of the plot in last jedi specifically with poe poe is reckless poe you know basically poe poe is responsible for so many people dying in this film and for some reason you kind of feel like it, it they don't really they don't really like deal with that by the end of the movie it feels like they kind of just brush it off you know like the entire resistance now lives inside the millennium falcon that's really fucking sad but they kind of just play it off as like eh, it'll be fine we'll grow back instead of dealing with the actual you know with, with the actual weight of it all and being like fuck we lost a ton of people like we were very close from the, all of this ending and a lot of it is due to this dude who just didn't want to listen to leia and Laura Dern. I can't remember her name. Holdo. Oh, no. yeah. Holdo. Holdo. <laughs> yeah, no, I I had a bunch of problems uh, personally with Poe's character that it didn't feel like it really... A lot of his actions I felt like just didn't really fit in, in a sense. Like, so first off, the very beginning of the movie, he's talking to Hux over, like, the intercom. And he's straight up like, I don't know, it just didn't feel Star Wars to me the way he was talking to him. Like he was he was doing like this, like uh, like pretending he couldn't hear him thing, which is fine. It's funny, I guess. And then he's like talking about his mom, like a mom joke. And I was just like, OK, this is feeling a little Marvel now. Like, uh, 100% I don't really. Angry. Yeah, it was like yeah, it was yeah. like uncomfortable. I was just like cringing. I'm, I'm so it. conflicted with that because like I find, I find the humor in this movie to work. At times, and I think that's a movie that works well, for me because it's like indicative I, of his character. I feel it's just like that. There's it's just like that adds to like the grand Disney problem where yeah. a lot of the moments of levity and all the moments of actual like character uh, uh, of real like dramatic resonance like gets lost because you want to crack a, a crack a quick joke the way you can get an applause for like a lot of the 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 the, uh, the showstopper moments that's apparent in marvel in star yeah. wars mm. not even not even just those two like fucking like in in like uh in, in disney in regular disney remakes like just the moments the the applause moments like the moments where everybody's gonna go jump out of their seat and you know that's evident a lot and where like, the sign it turns like on a, and it's like you have to laugh now yeah <laughs> and like it sticks out like a sore thumb because you could tell that like through a lot yeah. of this uh ryan johnson really approached this in the he really approached this film in a way that is both his vision and uh and, and that that is both his own personal vision 
and, you know, a Star Wars franchise film. And that's a really hard, and it's really hard to find a filmmaker that really toes the line well, that you be able to both get what you want to say out there and appease, you know, what, like, what you need for a blockbuster. You know, James Mangold's one of those, James Mangold's one of those directors. Ryan Johnson's one of those directors. Taika Waititi's one of those, one of mm-hmm. those directors. And, like, you know, it's really, like, that's why I guess, like, what makes me love this movie so much is I see it more as a Ryan Johnson film than I do a Star Wars film. And that's not to say for me personally that it doesn't work as a Star Wars film or that it doesn't, you know, but I see it less as a big, as a, the eighth part of the biggest franchise in the world and more of just a big budget, a big budget, a big budget film from a filmmaker who wanted to say something about a legacy. And like, and and when I start, when I look at the Last Jedi from lenses like that, that's where I, I get the most out of it, and I appreciate a lot of what it's trying to do. You know? Yeah, and, I and- think that's mm-hmm. uh, like uh, between us, like um, talking about it. Like, for my lens is just completely different because I, mm-hmm. when I watched this, I had no idea who Ryan Johnson was. Like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, in twenty fifteen, yeah. and like, so all all of my like stuff is from you know, watching Seven and then being like, like I knew it was a new director. I just was like, okay, Seven, at least to me, didn't have as many moments that um, felt like they uh, pushed out of the the Star Wars mold as much, I guess, whether that's good or bad. And then like this movie, like from what I just said, like that one Poe Hux conversation, like that immediately to me was like, that's not how Star Wars does comedy. Like it's usually like... Uh, like subtle shit that like so it's like subtle actions, but that are clearly shown to you. Yeah, like, it's more like Star Wars is more situational in its comedy. yeah exactly. And like, Instead of know. like the one liner like yeah. mom, oh your mom's calling like exactly like I, that. I, I think a prime example for this for me, and I I don't want to go too much back into like the original trilogy. Well, but like whenever for me, I always get a kick out of Han whenever he says hell. Or whenever he's just like super frustrated because it's just a random, it feels like a like a random line, but it makes a lot of sense for the character at that moment. And also, it's just like, like oh, the hell with it. Or no, what was it? There was a um, in Empire. He's like, well, I'll see him in hell. And I'm like, oh, that's weird. I didn't know they had a hell in <laughs> in, in the sci-fi Wait, fantasy. But when land. you think about it, it's like a very broad word too. Hell is just like oh, no, the I know. For bad but people, it's it's know? really it like for me like that. Those are the funny bits. When yeah. you just have the characters be themselves and kind of just not force it, and I and I can I can understand the like the problem with like the Poe jokes, but I I think the yeah. the other if anything thing, I think a lot of those work more than than a lot of the comedy in this movie. Well, yeah, you know, uh, and, and I, that's because of Oscar Isaac. I think the biggest like the biggest thing that we could pull from that element of the film is that you know at at the end of the day when you're doing a project that is technically not going to be yours. You know, you have to play this unfortunate game of of um, of uh, of not cooperation, but of like or, or of meeting in the middle. You know, like this film when when it works, it works like a Ryan Johnson Star Wars film. And then you know, sometimes when it doesn't, it works like a like a conventional Star Wars film. And I think that's just the price directors have to pay when yeah. they do something like that. Like you know, like I love the Guardians movies, but you know, it it sucks when you have to. When you think about it, like you're always gonna have to tag in a Thanos in there if you're making a Guardians movie. You're always gonna have to tag in like this sort of like element that's prevalent in this franchise, you know. And then some, like sometimes it could work, sometimes it just doesn't. And I and I think, you know, it, it's it, it really is just like 
you know, trying to trying to make both parties happy when it comes to a movie like this specifically. For sure. Yeah. yeah. And I'm not like I'm not um none of my like criticisms and stuff are on Ryan Johnson at all. It's it's like as like the unfortunate scenario of him having to do eight and this is how it read for me. Mm-hmm. And like without ha- like without him getting to do all three or without JJ getting to do all three and then talking about either one of those like I much rather would have talked done had that <laughs> scenario play out but um I also had like uh, my other problems with Poe like the scene after he comes back after disobeying Leia's like direct order um they're talking about like what the cost was for everything and she's trying to make him understand that she slaps that. the shit out of him she like, slaps him yeah. and then and then she's she's done talking to him she starts walking away he grabs her on the arm as if she's like a subordinate to him and says like people died on, like like those were good men and she's like yeah dead men but like if you like grab your general like by the arm to like talk to her that way like it just felt so I that, think the like, implication was that they had, they've had like, 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 uh, almost like a mother-son relationship. Like, right, wasn't yeah. it that, like, wasn't it that, like, like she, like, almost kind of raised Poe? No, it? It, I mean, like her, his, his. If we're going like to the EU stuff or like stuff that's canon with the new, with the new stuff, it's like his family was entwined with the Republic ever since Endor, and it's like yeah. kind of like, like it's kind of like neighbors. I'd yeah, say. it just it just after watching like Game of Thrones when like saying one thing like you can get your head ripped off like that just mm-hmm. felt weird. Oh man, to me just wait till like, to berserk. He, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like just him like grabbing her by the like the elbow and just being like, "Listen to me," like felt really weird. And yeah, I I I, I see what you I'd mean. agree with that too because yeah. yeah, like realistically, and I know it's a weird thing to say when it comes to a Star Wars movie, but like Poe would have either been in the brig in prison or probably executed. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, like he's like on thin <laughs> ice, and then like puts his hands on the general. Like, I, yeah, I, I, and, I mean, I I think things like that are like, I feel like it was that was is, definitely much more specific than like sure, a lot sure. Of the other mm-hmm. But I feel like the actions like that like read more towards like the implication of the relationship that like that like they already have. You get me? Like, like I I think it's more of like a case of where like you know Leia like sees Poe as like you know literally like a son, like a younger like you know a younger son that's reckless and she wants him to like you know like ground himself and like really get his shit together. Which yeah. and, and and like obviously Poe's whole Poe's like I. I I think like Poe's character arc, especially leading from the Force Awakens, you know, what we barely got from him Mm -hmm. uh, was that he's kind of a hothead. He's reckless. He's doing, you know, he's he really is just doing like shit that he that is very risky. And he needs to he needs to learn specific things in order to become the leader he needs to be. And that's what something he I think Leia sees in Poe. And that's why I feel like that kind of relationship works, because not going to lie, I did kind of notice that we're like, oh, is he just going to do that? But like the more I thought about it, like the way they, they, they interact with each other, you could tell there's so much history behind them to yeah. the point where i think it's past just like her being general and him being like underneath her yeah, i could know? see that argument being made for leia but then there's that line that holdo gives when he's knocked unconscious when she wakes when leia comes uh wakes up where it's like oh he's super reckless and dangerous i like him and it's like wait yeah. what so yeah. many people died because of him <laughs> <laughs> i mean people oh, make the guy. argument people make the argument that what poe did was right a lot of people make that argument, and I've yes, heard that argument like, a lot. But the thing is, is like, it comes at the cost of people who you know didn't have to die. That's war. You know that, and that That's yeah, war. that is that is. And I think you know, and this goes back to the thing I, I that I have a pro- the the other problem I have with this movie, where you know, like a lot of there's not that much time for people to really like lament the loss that they've taken. Poe and Rose 
are technically yeah they're technically the ones responsible for all those other ships getting destroyed and all those people you know dying because they teamed up with dj and dj leaked the information you to the ris- to the yeah finn and rose Oh, my bad. Who did I say? You said Poe. Poe, po, my bad. I meant uh, Finn, yeah, Finn and, Finn, and Rose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're technically responsible for that because they brought DJ along board. But yeah. you never really get a moment of them, you know, actually dealing with the fact like this is on them. You know, yeah. even though like their their like plan came moment. from good intentions, it came in failure. Yeah, it resulted. It it's resulted a sh- in failure. It's a short moment that's like recognized by them, like them being upset when they're captured. But like nobody I, in the resistance, like obviously acknowledges that. I think it's, yeah. I, 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 yeah, yeah, that's definitely a thing, I, like, that's definitely a thing that really holds it back, too, because I feel like a lot of the movie, since it has to, like, its main pillar theme is failure. This movie yeah. is about, like, just, yep. like, you know, like, accepting, like, you know, accepting the past and moving on from it to be better. And, like, I feel like there there was, there are times where I feel like, like what you said, Raul, that there, there are, there's no, like, true, like, there's no characters marinating on what things what 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 happened. One of the most glaring examples, which is a cut scene from the deleted scenes of the Last Jedi, was was uh, Luke, Luke lamenting accepting Han's, Han's death. Yeah. yeah, him accepting Han's death, and then a fucking amazing match cut to Leia thinking about the same thing because they're still connected. And um, like, I feel like things like that are so important, and that's what makes Ryan Johnson so great because we do get this is the most emotional and human Star Wars story I think we've ever had, especially when it gets to like Luke and Rey. I, and I feel like those are the things that makes Ryan so great. But I feel like if we just had, I don't know why that scene was cut. I don't know why. Why yeah. can't we lament I, on I those have more? A, you I know? think I have a reason. I think I have an assumption as to why. Because when you think about, you know, like the like setting up elements, like technical elements of how the force works and stuff. That's mm-hmm. technically your first subtle indication that there are powers where you could basically cross worlds and communicate through the force with people in, in other planets you know it's a very they, they approach it in a very subtle way but i think that's probably one of the reasons why it didn't end up showing up and i'm with you i love that scene a lot because it gives luke a moment to actually reflect i'd say you know you kind of get that with that moment where he picks up the dice when he goes inside the falcon but it's yeah. it's different less direct it, it, less direct but i get it yeah it, it, it's different and i think like you know it, it really does come across as to like you know Either or probably could have worked, but it it, it really just it, it's at the end of the day it's still kind of divisive with yeah. it. Yeah, I um I also like this is my last like Poe thing that bothered that bothered <laughs> no, keep me. Keep going, about, keep like, going. Shoot him his, out. His um just like his character in general. He 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 gives a line where he's like, "That's Holdo." It's like, how do you not know? Yeah, oh, yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. Me too. Like, me too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. You're the right hand man of Leia, and you don't know who. Like, you probably are on the same ship because you don't have that many. Like, but yeah, that that also bothered me. If it yeah. kind of comes off as like him being like, "Oh, I didn't expect, I didn't expect Holdo to be like that," as if it's like, what you didn't think a woman would be able to you probably like, know every single person shit? in your organization. <laughs> but, but, well, yeah. with that, um, with as dumb as Poe is, I don't know, like. <laughs> Um, but my, I wanted to, to talk about like, cause like I had like a lot of small things, but it's like not as important. Like my biggest thing for the whole thing is Finn's arc because like he so like beautifully changes from, he runs from everything and he's still running from things at the beginning of the movie. Ah, and yeah. And like, <laughs> and, and then at the end of the movie, like they're still, they're running from things throughout the whole fucking movie. And then at the very end of the movie, like he's finally, he's finally facing his shit. Right. 
and like he is about to sacrifice himself for the whole fucking cause. Oh my god! If if he did that, and like and like I'm not saying like this could very well be Disney will not let you kill like th- without a doubt they will not let you I kill. Think I, I, I low key like, think it is. I low key think it is. And like that, but that scene would have easily been one of my favorite in Star Wars and made him one of my favorite characters. Without it, it's kind of like eh. But like. That character arc, like completion, would have been insane. And Rose comes out of nowhere and, like, literally rams her ship, like, full speed into his in a crash that should have seriously injured both of them. Like, she's on the ground. She's like, uh. Kill like, <laughs> They should be dead. And they also land right in front of the, the army of the resistance. And then they just end up, or the First Order, and then they just end up, like, back with the resistance. Like, yeah, like they that, didn't dispatch any troopers to yeah, 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 shit. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah, 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 that, 100%. That part, like, because that his arc was going to be completed so nicely. It really did oh feel like they shot, they shot down his, his arc from, like, the middle of the air, you know? The, the yeah. Especially, like, oh, mm. fuck. Finn should have been a liberator, man. Yeah. Finn should have yeah. been a liberator. Like, it, like I feel like, I, I, I feel like the, the trajectory of where he could have gone is so, like, it's so obvious, you know? And, like, there's just no, like, there, there was just, I don't know, I, I think, you know, I, I put a, bl- a lot of blame on Disney, and I love Ryan, but I'm not gonna sure. I'm not gonna like completely fan I'm not completely gonna fan Ryan you know 100 like I feel like Ryan did fumble the bag in terms of what he wanted to do with Finn. I think that's a true that's a, a very real um, a criticism for his Cause, character. Because you know? when you think about it, it's basically the same arc he has in Force Awakens. Basically, it's, it's just recycled with another character that he's into. You know, some other set pieces and this supposed sacrifice that he tries to have, you yeah. know, like I, 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 I'm completely with you that like he probably should have he probably should have died by the end of the yeah. film because that would have had at least an impact with it. And like yeah. a, a part of like Finn's like arc also, too, is like, you know, uh, not really like not really uh, siding with uh, anyone specifically. And I think that's kind of like what's what's hinted here in the, in, in this too. Like, don't re- you can't really side with everyone hundred percent all the time. You can't really uh, dedicate yourself completely to this. But then he wakes up, and then he's like, his first thing is like, "Where's Ray?" Like. You mm-hmm. should be your own yeah. character. You should be mm-hmm. like your own person. Like you shouldn't be like I don't think like I think after the Force Awakens, I think it should have been like most more his like, you know, push to like really make his own name and his own story within the resistance mm-hmm. and not not just always on the coattails of Rey, you know? Coattails, my yeah. bad. I want to yeah, like, I want to ask you all this cuz yeah. uh, we we got to wind down in a little bit, but what do you guys feel about DJ as a character? Because when I look back on DJ, He's very much like he he very I think he holds up those themes of ambiguity that this film presents really well. And it you know when I look back at him he kind of comes off as the most evil character of of this whole franchise in a way. Does because he? He, he yes because in a way look when you when you look at his motivations he doesn't really side for anything. He doesn't really care for anything. He only cares for himself. He's the most selfish character in the entire selfish, franchise. Selfish, sure. I wouldn't call him evil, though. Yeah. I, I, I yeah. think it's evil because of that up, selfishness. Little, I don't know. I don't know. You know? Because he no. just does. He decides to just live all on his own instead of, the like, not depending on other people, but supporting other people. Kylo Ren's you know? a genocidal maniac. Yes, I know. But I'm saying thematically, that level of I, selfishness yeah, is really, I, I mean, really apparent. I, and I, I think you know, that's I, I, really strong yeah. with a character like DJ. I see where you're, I see where you're getting I, I see what you're getting at. You I'm know? talking in terms of th- thematics. Obviously, yeah, Kill Count's yeah. a different fucking thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I get I mean I get <laughs> yeah. that too. Like he I I, I, I never call got him, evil. 
you know, yeah, I, I, I think evil is still like too, too, way too hard of a word. Selfish, hundred uh, percent. Selfish, hundred percent. Because you that's have to why be selfish I find it evil. That's the I, thing. Ooh, ooh, yeah. I don't. Mm. I no, no yeah. and and it makes for a really compelling character. It's just, it, I think it, it's so character. interesting because it's so different from everything else they've done thus far where you have someone who's like i don't care for anything i just care about myself and my own interests i only care like, about the money you and know? like he's the first time we've ever really got like a big spectator third party uh character yeah. mm-hmm. like that really like you know well it's been for fucking forever since i watched the prequels so maybe i'm missing a few characters but like somebody who just like look who's in the middle of everything and it's just like looking at it from afar and like that's what's really interesting about his character, and like you know, like, like ugh, God, fuck, it, like I really wish, I really wish they continued on with his character because I because it really did seem like towards the end, like they were kind of implying that they're gonna meet again, maybe. Like no, Finn and DJ? I I, 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 I didn't see that at all. I think that could have been a cool confrontation. It yeah. would have been cool, but I I think. Well, I don't know if I if I think it would have been cool because I like how it ends off. How he's just like I like it too. You know, no, I like you, it too. You cu- like this is all your um. What was it like? You're on the wrong side. And it's like, yeah, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, yeah, he just like, fucks yeah, off he and he doesn't yeah. care. I, don't know. I, don't I like. I, I, I think that's, that's, that's also kind of why I love. I, I. That's why I don't think DJ's evil. That's why. Like, yeah. No. I, that like that way he just says maybe. He's like he didn't give a shit. He was just he didn't like, give a fuck. Like like I, I'm, like I'm saying just like, on those like guys, base terms I, alone. Sure. You know? Sure. Like, like there's I, that I, level of inherent selfishness that like he's it, it looks like he's a character that's constructed as someone who only is in the uh, interest of himself and not of anyone else. You know. Yeah. Which I, like, I think I, is something really like dark about it, which I like. Mm, I but I don't know. oh yeah, I don't know. About I'm having that. a hard time thinking it's evil. I just I, yeah, I don't. Well, maybe evil was a strong word, selfish. but I think it's, it's a really, really strong. It's a really thing. strong word. Like yeah. especially, especially you know, in the same universe as Darth Vader, you know, like yeah. and like I, I don't know. No, I mean, I, he's I, selfish too. I, 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 I just think that's why DJ is so is so interesting because like yeah, he is considered the selfish character, but he really just looks at everything. He's the most realist character of anything. He like if anything, he just sees like all this like conflict. Like the war's never ended. The war like like the war from original trilogy <laughs> yep. has never ended. Oh yeah, no, it's, it like, just kept going. It, it just kept going, and like I, I I think just like his his personal <laughs> worldview of just like not putting yourself in the, in the situation of getting involved because in the end of the day you're probably just gonna get fucked over like everyone yeah. else. If anything, I think he's like the most. He's one of the most interesting characters to me from this film, especially from the new ones, because he has a very specific set philosophy that, you know, obviously, you know, give or take whether you could consider that, you know, good or not, that, you know, that, that, that's per the person. But I feel like a, a lot of that's why I, I, I fucking I, I'm so frustrated by everything in Cancel Bite because you get like you get the philosophies and like the point with DJ and everything he's going for. But then everything like just laying it out, it's like, yeah animal abuse that's so bad as they look over as they look over at the kids getting whipped by an alien yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> well i think that's also with we me free the boy. horse we free the bunny horses but we're leaving the slave children yeah <laughs> like, I, holy I, shit, he's got a dude. broom bro he can he can that's defend true himself. yeah broom boy broom boy can handle boy. his own i do love that ending though yeah I it's do a love good that ending um, yeah. and, and i, I and i kind of get where you're coming from with that but it's it it's weird because <laughs> had they not just shown that they were still you know child slaves they they probably could have you know it co- it probably would have worked a little bit better you know it's I just think it's I funny how they, it they like weird. save the they save the horse bunnies with them. <laughs> <laughs> I got two things that I want to make sure to mention mm-hmm. um um the first one is I didn't understand this is a smaller one than my last one that I want to end on but the um I didn't understand why 
like so Leia's talking to Holdo and she's like come come with us and she's like someone has to pilot the ship it's like wouldn't Leia know that like to, yeah that, 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 and like, like when, this is the major plan and, and like, also why was that plan so secretive it like it literally led Poe to like mutiny like yeah. when I don't know yeah. I, I don't know why there needed See, to be so much secret when everyone was on the brink of dying and they were kind of all well. on the same page in yeah, a way. that could have been like, done well, the plan, but it's just they never introduced and they never really, like, established that, like, oh, they never established that, like, oh, like, there, there is a, like, there, there's a real, like, uh, I guess, uh, there, there's a real reason why we, we, we need to keep the secret. Like, maybe there's yeah. a, maybe there's a spy. Maybe somebody, like, is feeding information. Yeah. Maybe there's yeah. this. Maybe, I feel like you could have, like, explained that away really easily, but, like, yeah. whether it be... But- would it, it be editing so issues? Weird. Yeah, I don't know. Because then they, because then they tell him after he became a mutant. Like, yeah. they tell him after the fact. After the facts, and it felt like, yeah. like at any I think moment, it ties into that like, lack of trust they already have for Poe because of what he did at the bombing. It just the wasn't bombing properly sequence. communicated. And but that's yeah. Like the, yeah, yeah, but. But it's not even like they didn't tell anyone. They like yeah, cause, cause everybody everybody was with Poe. Everybody was like, yeah, I'll help all you over all the them. important ones. They didn't Akbar, tell any of the Akbar could have killed himself. Akbar could have sacrificed his life. Okay, all right. Okay, I'm sorry. All right. Okay, I'm sorry. That would have been such a waste. All right. What okay. for Akbar? Akbar for that been not have Aldo at all. Like for that have oh. not have Aldo at all. You know mm. because I feel like that death only no, really no, no, works no. for I'm the glad, character that works. You know. I'm glad it happened that way. Yeah. Um. I, it was just weird that like Leia was just like, come on. And she was like, no, no, you forgot. There's the definitely like this film definitely needed another like pass through in terms of like, you know, like plot holes. And like, you know, again, I, I jerk off Ryan all the time. But like, <laughs> but but like, I really think he, there should have been That's somebody else. I, I re- no, I, I mean, I do. Like, I really um, I really think he should have like somebody else should have helped write the script because putting it all on one guy, you know, I don't think that that was the best choice, even though I yeah. I'm completely with direct. The director's vision is always important. But if you're making a trilogy, if you're making a if you're making a long story like this, there Things has to, to be. Yeah, there has to be a structure. Mm-hmm. There has to be. You have to know where the final destination is. You know oh, yeah. how you get oh, yeah. there. That depends oh, yeah. on the director. But there needs to be like or somebody. It'll get announced in Fortnite, and everybody's confused. Yeah, and <laughs> fucking Jesus Christ, you know, like it's again, it's so hard to avoid the the elephant of the room, which is Episode Nine. But like, yeah. it's like you know, it really yeah. sucks because I watched Last Jedi, and I'm like, God damn, there's so much here that I see. There's seeds planted for something great thematically, for like a good resolution for the story, and it's just every in one brush stroke, just like. Gone. It, it's <laughs> like, so weird yeah. looking at, and I don't want to get into like Rise of Skywalker too much. Yeah, because yeah, I don't yeah. want to. But yeah. like, with with Snoke in particular, I definitely feel those Palpatine seeds in that in, in every scene that he's in, and it makes me like it makes really? me upset with it. Yeah, because there's that level of manipulation of it. Like it was me all along, Austin. Like that I whole like, level that just oh, feels okay. like it's so. Like it, it feels like not that they not that Ryan probably knew that you know the big bad was gonna be Palpatine, but like when you when you th- look about it uh, when you look back at it in comparison with Rise of Skywalker, you kind of see those seeds being set, and it makes I think me more angry so in looking episode at seven. it. I think more so in Episode Seven than Eight because I feel like Ryan really didn't want to include Palpatine in it at all. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, you know? I see that. Yeah, and I wanted to just say like this. So my favorite part of like almost any star wars movie happened in eight and um Mm. 
and then kind of got ruined. And so I'll take you through that. Because, um, so I thought that the fight scene in the throne room was insane. Like, when I was watching it in theaters, I was like, holy shit, this literally, yeah. it r- literally rivals my favorite, which is Phantom Menace, like, Duel of the mm-hmm. Fates, like, Classic. holy fuck, yeah. this is amazing. And, like, finally seeing some sort of Imperial Guards in action was amazing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and then... Fucking s- and just then, huge samurais, like... Pa- so fucking cool. And then s- paired so with paired with the, um, the scene that comes right after, which is... Uh, Holdo like turning around and going to light speed. Yeah, and then the decision to cut out the sound was masterful. Oh yeah, when and she, like, she, it's it's and made oh for the audience to just verbally gasp when you not see only, it. Not only yeah. that, yeah. not only that, like when when it goes through and there's the beam of light, the camera. Yes. they mm. made they like did like they basically exposed for the light beam. Like obviously digitally, they can't. They didn't put a fucking camera in space. <laughs> they were, in but space. they made they digitally made the camera be exposed for the light beam, the trailing like like the trailing of uh, fire, and you you, uh, you get ex- that's exposed first, and then like the the stars are completely blacked out, so it hits the the impact hits more, and like shit like yeah. that. Like there's little things like that that made me realize, holy fuck, I love movies so much. I don't know if you guys realize there's a scene where Kylo just screams like an X wing. He screams like no, yeah. sorry. He's he screams like a he, he screams like a tie fighter. Tie fighter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he does, like it's it's hidden in the fucking sound design of the of the of the film. But once he charges, you just hear the Wah! like like the <laughs> that crazy as he's launching. That's fucking great. And it's just shit like that that yeah. Ryan puts in to these into this movie that really makes you realize that man, this guy's an author. This guy's an auteur. Yeah. Like yeah. Ah. And like that, so that like seeing that in theaters like literally put me on my ass. Like holy fuck! Like one of my favorite cinematic moments that i like got to see like you know for the first time in theaters and then i don't know if you guys have ever seen this and i don't know if i've ever talked about it but um somebody on youtube showed it and like it's it's still very much there in like the streaming and like it's never been like re-edited or anything they literally edit out so ray gets like held in like a chokehold by the oh, guy with two about. daggers mm-hmm. and he has one dagger on the hand that's holding her and one right behind her back and they edit out the one behind her back. Yeah. Like, right as he could stab her. And that just, like... I'm not, like, the type of guy for this to, like, completely, like, oh, no, I can't watch it. But, it like, it did take something away I from am. me where... <laughs> You are? Yeah, like, yeah. like those so moments that, of continuity that just like, like don't make that, sense. Yeah. Like seeing them like instead of like I don't know. I mean it probably was way too far along in the process to like, you know, reshoot and like That was a like, continuity error that they or had. Or they just to, like, didn't notice post. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like that that really like took one of my favorite moments like ever and just like now there's just like it's an just, okay the thing is with stuff like that the best way to combat that at least like personally for me is you got to remember that you can't be watching this film frame by frame looking for every mistake yeah you I got know, it as I it know. comes like mistakes know? are always going yeah. to come out like, they're always going to be there yeah. and like what really matters is how the full experience and how it's gone and yeah. you know how and like it's hidden well enough to the point that it doesn't affect the outcome of the fight it doesn't affect any of the story it doesn't affect any to the point where it doesn't really matter you know but like I as long as it's not a huge glaring problem yeah when you're watching yeah. it in real time you know like it, it can work. well because yeah. now the thing is like now i don't know if i'm yeah i don't know if i'm looking for it now i probably am subconsciously no but like, you are 100%, watching, it, 100%. watching it last night i was like oh i actually this is the first time i saw it in real time like i actually caught it and i'm like 
Fuck. Yeah, and, oh, and man, like, you're gonna uh, hate the Mortal Kombat movie, dude. And, and, oh, it's, <laughs> it's horrible. It's horrible, Josh. You're really gonna fucking hate the editing. And of like, that. It's, it's not only that. Like, I, I hear that argument about like the throne room five sequence so much, and it really bothers me because, like, oh, if you uh, if you play it in slow motion twice, you see that they're doing bad things in those sides. Maybe watch it how you're supposed to watch it. Maybe, yeah. maybe watch yeah. the movie in regular, like, in, like the, yeah, I, it's regular I probably frame, wouldn't you know? have noticed it. It's just the fact that now, like, I'm not looking for it but i still see it but like mm-hmm. i don't i'll never be able to un like unsee it it's fucking god damn it <laughs> yeah no know. yeah 100 percent. no you're compl- and like you're completely valid for that criticism because like, yeah. honestly and like i'm i'm somebody who looks for that kind of shit all the time you know it's like the coffee cups on game of thrones exactly you know? it's it's exactly <laughs> like the coffee cup i i i don't believe that was an accident I yeah, don't. that couldn't have been an accident. Oh, they, they were tired. That's publicity. They just, didn't, they just pu- were no, 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 so no. tired. I don't, no, I don't even think that. I think it's a talking point. I really do. Because mm. they edited it out like, I've heard that soon theory. after that. Like, I've heard that theory yeah. also. Like, they just they, want, that was, they, that, and that wasn't the first time for that season either. Mm-hmm. Like They had other mistakes. Yeah, they had, a, they had the like, a coffee cup. The water bottle behind Bran. It was a co- yeah. yeah a coffee cup and a water bottle behind like their legs yeah. went like literally I I'm imagining like the AD is like all right everybody back to places and then all of them are just like because like, that's the kind of shit that smoke ha- break that's, <laughs> that's the kind Brand of shit that happens <laughs> <laughs> he's stretching his legs <laughs> fuck I f- I don't know uh, if we- oh man I I'm I don't know if I feel bad laughing at that but that was funny as fuck. <laughs> No, it's no, it's true. Hey, what's funny? In what hyg- production hijinks? No, That's I know, a funny I know. thing. That's I hilarious. Know. That was funny. It was really funny. No, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah we, we, yeah. Well, I'm, su- I'm surprised you didn't. I, I su- I'm surprised you didn't bring up the Leia thing. I thought that was. I thought that was gonna be your okay, final point. Okay, so I, so, so I would have like. I kind of have to bounce like soon because I no, got work. No, I know. Yeah. No, no, you're good. You're good. No, I, I mean, if we want to end on that too, like. I never. She should not have lived. That 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 made me laugh out loud in the Jesus. in the theater. Oh, it man. literally made me laugh out <laughs> See, loud. The okay. fact that she's in space and then she just un- subconsciously or unconsciously just floats back into the ship. Like Rao and I on. go back and forth on this a lot because like I I love the idea of that scene so much. It's just the way it was done. I looks so literally, goofy. That literally that entire scene could have been fixed if they never showed Leia floating. If it was just like. A, a, a shot of like the fingers twitching the fingers and then it cuts yeah. it cuts back to them just looking from side to side as they see like the shadow of Leia I, passing I've, by them I've always loved it and I'll always defend it because like from a character standpoint it's really the only time we get to see her use the force oh, no, it's, and amazing. it's a new it's, perfect. it's a new like way of using that power granted it makes me a little angry looking back at it and I, I get it because it's a Skywalker movie it's part of the Skywalker saga where it's like, you could have had it with anyone else, any other like OP Jedi. It didn't have to be the main fucking family that we always have to deal with. But, you know, for me, like I always defend it because I like that it's it's that one rare time where she uses it. Yeah. yeah. The idea and the intention. Saved other people, but, the idea and the intention <laughs> yeah. were 100% like perfect and I'm 100% on board. It's just like the way it was done, you know. But, Fair. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Just look goofy as fuck. No, yeah, yeah, it does. No, because it does. It literally looks like they got like a JPEG PNG, no, like a PNG of Leia, and they just dragged her to the side with like a, the, the cursor. Well, yeah. What was that song? What was that song that became yeah, a meme? No, I, like do do do. Yeah, that one <laughs> where she's just like flying through all the background. <laughs> yeah, it reminds me of that. Which you know, like yeah, I, I can't, def- I can't, I I can defend it as much as I can, you know, but I I know it does look goofy. There's a lot. There's a lot more we can talk about. 
uh, for the of last course. Jedi. Like yeah. this is a mo- this is a movie that like we can literally do an entire like podcast on. But you know, I don't want to. And <laughs> I'm too uh, tired to. I'm too tired <laughs> to. Happy. I'm just happy we had a nice discourse finally. Yeah. Oh yeah, and like technically, this is the first time me and Raul have officially talked about the Last Jedi uh, on oh, really? the show yeah. because like we 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 we, we dropped little it. hints here and there, but uh, we we didn't start the show when the movie came out. Oh god, it would have been a hellscape if we started uh, it dude, after dude. after that film came out. We would have been like, "What's going on? Why yeah. do you guys? We we, we would feel more dead inside than we do now. Like it oh, would yeah, be crazy because yeah. we would have been just in the middle of that. Like, but hey. Thanks for coming, Josh. Josh, for talking, for, having, Joshy, for being we, on like, the show and talking Last Jedi with us. This was this always, was a lot of fun. I, oh, I yeah, knew no. it was going to be so much fun. No, I'm yeah, very dude. happy with it. <laughs> it. Like I, I specifically love talking about like like you know films that like have such a a complicated backstory, you know, complicated lore behind it. So this was tough, especially <laughs> keeping to it eight is tough. and not the the trilogy. Wow, like yeah. Because you have to take so much into account, but it's also like it, once you start breaking that rule and going into seven and nine, it's like it'll never end. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, dude, <sighs> it's uh, so that that could have been, man, that trilogy could have been amazing. Yeah, that, that's, that, that's, there's a reason why I stand with Clone Wars and everything that isn't on a movie screen for Star Wars being the best stuff that Star Wars has ever done in the past twenty years, because they, you know, it's not confined by those rules. I think, yeah yeah that was it's well, again josh it's been great it's been a lot you, of fun before we sign off you, victor guys. i assume you have a you have a movie to recommend for next yes, episode I right do. yes i do good sir um this is a movie that uh it's i've been very interested in this uh it's kind of a um a kind of a uh more uh i guess another like low-key low-key film um here i'm just looking for it before uh one sec i just want to look for the for the title i mean not the title for the uh if it's available for the no no no, for the year uh, before i before i spewed out but this is a this is a movie directed by a filmmaker that uh, we've talked about before we talked about one of his other movies before but Mm. uh he was an actor this is one of his uh the movies he directed 1974's a Woman Under the Influence, directed by John oh, Cassavetes. A. Okay. <laughs> that is <laughs> uh, that is on HBO Max. Uh, John Cassavetes, you know, he was Mikey and Nicky. Uh, he's become one of my favorite filmmakers, acting, directing-wise. He's amazing. And this is a film that I've been wanting to watch for a while. It's Peter Falk and uh, G- uh, Gina Rowlands is in it. And I don't know much about it, but I know this is a very, very, like depressing one so. i mean I've, I've heard it's one of the greatest films that have ever, ever come made. out in the past couple yeah. of decades it's just man that's gonna be fun i wonder what charlie kaufman thinks about <laughs> when yeah. the influence because he's talked about it a lot yeah dude and that, like, uh, uh, this is gonna be a fun watch that yeah was, that's on that, hbo max nice surprise. it's on hbo max and there's also two cuts of the movie i got all right i got all right i gotta specify here which one are there we are doing t- there are two cuts of the movie uh, one that's the theatrical cut and one that's the Cassavetes cut that Cassavetes approved. No, oh, so we're doing Cassavetes. I've, I've mm. heard nothing but well, I've heard that the Cassavetes cut has its own like thing, whatever. But the theatrical cut is is renowned to be the better version. I could be wrong on that, but that's what I've read and that's what I picked up online. So here I'm gonna here I'm gonna double check here on on uh. What on, about the Snyder uh, cut Max, uh, <laughs> of of Woman Under the Influence? Oh yeah, that, that, that's the best version. Uh, yeah. yeah, no, okay. So on HBO Max, there's only the one version, which is two hours and twenty seven minutes. 
Uh, and that's on nineteen. That that's on uh, HBO Max. Like okay. Before, so. All right. Then. That's, that's what we're watching. Interesting so. pick. It's, yeah. it's gonna be it's gonna be a another artful episode next Josh, week. Josh, if you wanna Josh, if you wanna watch it uh, as well. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, before we sign off, anything you wanna plug? Anything you got oh, yeah. coming Josh, up? Oh yeah, Josh, where can Josh, where can we find you, buddy? Um. Yeah. So the podcast might come back uh, after finals week. Ooh, so that that's nice, exciting. Nice. Media music podcast. Um, I still gotta get on everywhere. <laughs> I still gotta get everywhere. on everywhere. You do. I tried to have you on. Yeah. <laughs> um. At Media Music Pod. Um. Yeah. Season two coming out. And then like if you want to check out my senior show, it's on YouTube. I think my YouTube's like Media Music Productions, something like that. Nice. We'll link it all in the show notes. No, hundred percent, and like, for sure. And yeah, but yeah, that's all, awesome. <laughs> that's all going to be that, that's all going to be the in, in uh, the links of uh, the the links in the bio, um, and you can uh, check it all that out on on uh, Josh's Instagram and the Mini Music Podcast ad, on Spotify and anywhere you can find podcasts. I assume. Uh, yep. Where can we find you, Raul, buddy? You can find me at some Raul Cruz on Twitter. Victor, where can hey. we find you? You can find me at Vicum Calvo on Twitter, and you can find the show at American Nerds. That's at American Nerds. Just how 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 one would spell it: one American Nerds. Um, and you can also email us at American Nerds Podcast at gmail.com if you want to send us any questions, topics, or anything like that. Um, yeah, uh, Woman Under the Influence, HBO Max. Uh, Josh, love you, buddy. Love having Thanks you. Thanks for showing you guys. up. We love you, man. Always a pleasure. And uh, yeah, that's it. We'll see you. We'll see you for our next Star Wars controversy. <laughs> wait, wait. If we want to argue again, we'll hit you up. Yeah, let's <laughs> do it. Take care, y'all. Peace. Peace.